Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Healthnetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? Healthnetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains, as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. Healthnetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at healthnetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. Hello again. It's the Eurobash Podcast with Peter Carroll and Noel McGrath. This is episode 44 of this sweet, sweet, beautiful music we give you every week. Noel, how are you, darling? Listen to that. He's grumbly. How are you feeling, darling? Good, man. Not bad. Not bad. You? I'm fantastic. Looking pretty. Um, Thanks very much. I'm in my shorts. It's very warm out here. It is warm, isn't it? It's sticky. It is sticky. (laughs) I'm sticky. I won't even say it. (laughs) But um, it's it's very, very uh, moist. And um, it's been quite a weekend of fights. We had some big, big results. We had uh, we had Jermaine Durandamy, who will be joined by later in the podcast, getting that 16-second finish of Aspen Lad. Quite controversial. We'll talk about that later. Um, but our boy, the Bosnian beast, didn't make it happen. It was Josh Emmett's night on the night. But um, how are you, first of all? I mean, you've given me quite a, a low-fi start. And I feel like I want more from you. What what the hell's going on? Here? I was just laughing at you there. Some of your, your, your some choice words that you use for us, but uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I've been messing around. I've been doing fuck all night today. I've been off, so you deserve I've, a day off every now and I've, again. I've uh, I've literally been messing around with that fucking app, the old age app. Oh yeah, putting yeah. up some bangers on my Instagram. So go cracking, raining the lads, wrecking all the lads' heads today. So yeah, getting one back over in the uh, on the young boyish. But yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good, man. I really can't complain. Um, great day of cricket yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody watched that, mate. I did. No. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that in the, the shite section at the end of the podcast, but an order. Right now. Yeah, all right, okay. No, the fights were good. Good weekend, yeah, no, it was good, yeah. yeah, yeah. Big night as Fun. well at Bellator 224. Uh, we'll talk about all the Irish action that unfolded, of course. Uh, Olga Rubin came up short to Julia Budd in the main event, dropped yeah. her with a body shot and finished it off sharpish. Uh, good fights in Tackerville, though. Um, let's have a look at the news headlines, first of all. We have had plenty of additions to the UFC Copenhagen card. We have Oyen Kutilaba taking on Khalil Roundtree. That's quite a lovely fight to be put on that card, I believe. Alessio de Chirico versus Peter Sabata. Um, that's an all-European fight. Of course, Alessio from wow. Italy and Peter from Germany. We have Ovin St. Preux versus Michael Olienchuk. That's a huge fight for Olienchuk. Um, big, big name coming to Copenhagen to fight him. And uh, Macy Choison versus Lena Landsberg. Has also it's been announced fight. for that card, yeah. Uh, Bellator Dublin, a few fights announced for that as well. Paul Redman v. Brandon Gertz. Brian Moore v. Toby Misich. Uh, Liam McCourt v. Corey, uh, v. Kerry Hughes. And Danny Nelson will also make her professional debut on the card against Camilla Riverola. Um, also, a lot of Bellator news this week. The The brackets were announced earlier on Erdogan's MMA show over on ESPN. Two Europeans. 
Yeah, is there not more? Let's just have a quick look through. Saul um, Pedro. Daniel Strauss v. Derek Campos. Uh, Pat Curran v. Adam Boricks from Hungary. Emmanuel Sanchez v. Tywin Claxton. Sam Cecilia v. Pedro Carvalho from Portugal. Darian Caldwell v. Henry Corrales. Daniel Voitel from Germany v. Saul Rogers from Great Britain. AJ McKee v. Georgie Karakian from Russia. And yeah, that's a lot. Of course, uh, Archuleta Four. and Pitbull are going to kick it off. Yeah, there's quite a presence Five. there. Um. I was surprised to see that Brendan Lochnane wasn't there. I don't know. I just had a feeling uh, he's been toying with emotions aplenty on social media. Um, he retweeted me having a bit of a rant about this <clears throat> and who they should add to that uh, that um, featherweight bracket just last week. I was saying, you know, Pedro, him and Artem would be huge additions. But as we can see, as you just said, there is a lot of European action already on there. Um, yeah, it's disappointing, Brendan, but I think Brendan is still at a stalemate with a lot of the offers that, that have sort of come in. That's the word I'm getting. Right. Um, and that, you know, he's not willing to sort of take away the stock that he sort of built up in the last number of weeks. And rightly so, listen, Brennan should have been signed, as we've always talked about, a long, long time ago. And he's every right to sit out if he doesn't feel, um, you know, the offers aren't right. So props to Brennan. I like uh, a lot of these matches. I think uh, Pedro Carvalho will be very confident going in against Sam Cecilia. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sam's Adam, been a bit checkered. Yeah, and Adam Barrick's be Pat Curran. Like, I feel like that's a real... Young taking the old. Passing the guard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, Georgie Karekin v. AJ McKee. I think McKee's going to be confident going into that yeah. one. Daniel Voigtel and Saul Rogers is a really serious fight. See, that's a high-level fight, my really God. Really good fight. Um, you know, anyone sticking out to you? Do you think anyone that can topple Pitbull here? Like, I think, I think, I think people I think are looking AJ, to you know, AJ is very good. You no, know, yeah. AJ, that performance against Pat Kern was, was fantastic. You know, real technical performance. Went in there, went to the distance with him. Put on a really, really good show, and he got a bit of stick for that. And I couldn't believe it. He was the now, first. You need, you need those fifteen minutes. That's what you I do. mean. You need those fights. They, they stand to you in the long run. I think the fact, as well, as you think he was the first guy to take down Pat Kern or some. some I've taken him down a few times. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, listen, you need those fights. And I'm, you know, for me, if I'm looking on that paper, it, it is a really, really tough one to call. Um, who's going to go and take it? Like we have the the likes of um, Archuleta as well, who's fantastic. I think that's a tough, like, tough first match for Pitbull, yeah, man. Archuleta, I, like I think he's right up there. Like I mean, I think he he's advertising as he's right there, thirty five, yeah. right there, forty five, yeah. and right there, fifty five. Big time. Like I mean, that could be a huge spanner in the works earlier on. Like I mean, there is definitely easier fights that could have been made for his first uh, fight in the yeah, bracket. You got to look think. at Emmanuel Sanchez as well. You know, coming off a couple of wins since he obviously mm. lost that fight to Pitbull and. You know, another really good fighter that's there, obviously, with, with Duke and the lads there. You have, obviously, Pedro Carvalho. You have Daniel Strauss, who looks so good in his comeback Darren fight. Darren Caldwell coming up Darren after Caldwell. losing the 135 title. Yeah, it's man. a serious bracket. It's a, it is. It's Bellator's best ever bracket, in my yeah. opinion, they've ever put on in terms of actual um, competitiveness. And 16-man as well. Usually it's eight. So yeah. that'll show you the it, wealth it, of talent they it have there. shows their division is so deep, and it really is. It is their best division, I think. Um, yeah, so brilliant, brilliant, brilliant bracket there. Really impressed with that. Would have liked to see Brendan, I'm not going to cry about that. Hopefully, we're going to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bader v. Congo is going to go down at Bellator 226 in September. That'd be a big big one for the Frenchman. Uh, the heavyweight title, of course, on the line. Andre Koroshev v. Lorenz Larkin uh, is going to happen at Bellator 229 in October. And also, I've had news from Cage Warriors champion James Webb. Um, a lot of you will remember the Tombstone pile driver. He was unfortunately on the end of and the pedigree. Yeah, but he's had a he's had a, his shoulders in a bad way. All oh, right. Um, unfortunately, he's he's out of action for the next six weeks. Um, we know James how much he loves this game, how much he just mm-hmm. wants to be on the mats all the time. So I'm sure that's going to be killing him. Is he getting surgery? Um, I don't think they can tell yet. Um, but 
six weeks nonetheless. And, you know, in fairness, six weeks um, would kind of get us to August. So, you know, he's looking to fight November. So hopefully it won't have too much of an impact. Yeah, yeah, and he won't yeah. have too much niggling damage. But, uh, you know, that was always going to happen. I know we have a laugh about these things. Um, you know, they can look spectacular yeah, and outrageous at the time. But... He's taking the brunt of that damage. Like I mean, after that fight, he could barely move his neck. Yeah, you could see in the you know the post fight interview when, when his he hand he put was the sort of crouching down the, his shoulder. Yeah. yeah, the belt on his shoulder. Yeah. So, yeah, disappointing to hear that he has suffered an injury there. Not all that surprising when you yeah, consider yeah, the definitely. impact. To be honest, yeah. Yeah. and to be honest, it's all going to sell very well if they do that rematch down the line. You know, all this stuff is going to be worked into definitely, the detail. Man. Definitely. Um, looking forward to seeing when James can back. James can get back in there, and uh, I think Natalia Frederick is the obvious choice. You know, they have to do yeah. that rematch, really. Man, he, he, I'd like to see his uh, his corner demeanor improve a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Frederick, yeah, he, was, he was bad, man. Yeah, yeah I, did, I don't like seeing bad. a ref being talked to the way yeah, he was yeah, uh, yeah. with uh, Mark that day. But um, nonetheless, referees. Uh, I'm sure we'll have a rant about them later on, will we? Who? We'll have a bit of a rant about some refereeing decisions. Yes, there will be a plenty. Yeah. Um, but uh, first of all. We have got the star of the weekend, Jermaine Durandamy, uh, who... I thought I was the star of the weekend. Well, you're the star of oh, every weekend okay. in my life. I'm just talking about the broader cultural awareness uh, in the MMA circles. But uh, a big win for Europe, as I said at the top of the show. Um, Jermaine now is on a five-fight win streak, I believe. Um, obviously, had that featherweight crown taken off her. She wasn't able to defend it, so the UFC... Um, dethroned her I suppose she's got a lot of stick still from that still like yeah. it's it's like it's, I mean what do you have bad. to do like I mean I felt as though people were directing the booze at Jermaine instead of Herb Dean at the weekend you know what I mean like it nearly feels as though they were because I think she's always like that's one of those things I think you know I don't think it but I think a lot of the fans think it when they think of Jermaine Durandami the first ever featherweight champion that got belt away from inactivity and she didn't really come out with a reason um, hand injury, right? Yeah, it was a hand injury at, at the end. Um, I can fully understand someone not wanting to fight Chris Cyborg with, oh, yeah. <laughs> with 50% of your arsenal. You yeah, know? 100%. But um, yeah, I think that's what some of the booze were probably aimed at at the weekend. And it is sad to see. Um, she's never, you know, backed down from anyone. Like, sure, she's fought, as you spoke to her about, uh, you know, Nunes. But she's uh, also fought your, a man. She knocked out a man out cold in a fight as well. Yeah, I'm sure she's not that many a man inspiring. Like, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go near <laughs> any of these ladies. So yeah, it's disappointing to see that. I think there is a lack of respect sometimes for European fighters when they're on US shows. Uh, I think that is in the broader world of MMA as well in certain areas. But yeah, it's sad to see. But um, I'm sure she's going to go in there and prove a lot of people wrong. I feel like this is the road to redemption, you know what I mean? And it feels like it, it was does. taken away for her because of that stoppage but, at the weekend, obviously. Uh, but um, I think another thing, you you know, you've touched on with her last week. Or, did we ever on last week on the show? No, like two she weeks wasn't ago? last week. It was, I, I interviewed her for MMA fighting. All right, yeah, week. sorry. Um, I beg your pardon. But I think um, the attitude, her attitude is so Amazing. different. It's so different. It's it's a little bit like maybe, um, as we always speak about with um, Joanne Calderwood. Yeah. Um, found this she, positivity. Yeah, just, she, maybe she was a little bit shy, didn't want to redo the media stuff, and she's so positive now. Everything's positive. There's yeah. nothing negative, and I think that is really what um, a sort of... Maybe she's she's warmed herself up, maybe, to a lot of people. I text you immediately after I got off the phone with her. Yeah, uh, and you said she's going to win. I said, she's, I, I just have a feeling she's going to win. I said, yeah. like, the, when, I, when I talked to her, uh, I've never heard her in such a good state of mind. Um, she seems just really happy. Like, I mean, she yeah. was genuinely just buzzing on the yeah. phone, having a laugh. And I tell then, you what, man, it it, it does it, it massively change your mind when you're talking, especially if you speak to two fighters before a fight. Yes, 
the positivity, if they've if they that aura about them, you can you can you can tell a lot sometimes. Yeah, it's and, palpable, yeah, definitely. And it is. And I actually took your advice, and I sort of went, oh, it sort of changed my mind in terms of when when I was watching the fight, and yeah. I saw Aspen Ladd, especially the weigh-in. She's obviously had a load of problems in the past mm. with weighing in. We'll I talk don't talk about that more later. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's not going to be thirty-five for much longer, in my opinion. But she's not doing herself any services fighting like that. I don't <coughs> she, think. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But when I get to Yes, uh, well, finally, uh, let's talk to the Iron Lady herself. Uh, on a five-fight win streak, I, I believe she's number one contender to the bantamweight crown at the moment. I would love to see that rematch with Amanda Nunes. That's a fight that uh, would be very interesting based on their previous matchup. And based on the fact that Amanda Nunes, known as this fantastic puncher, she is a fantastic puncher, there's absolutely no doubt about it, she immediately went to take uh, Jermaine down to the ground. So I think that's an interesting element in itself. Um, but we're going to speak to the Iron Lady now, and we'll be back in about 15 minutes. Absolute pleasure to speak to her, and I want to underline that she went out of her way to speak to the Eurobash listeners today, so I really appreciate that. Uh, all the best. We'll talk to you soon. And now, finally, we are joined by the Iron Lady, who took just 16 seconds to dispatch Aspen Ladd at the weekend, in somewhat, circum- in somewhat controversial cir- circumstances, but we aren't going to rain the parade right now. Uh, finally, it is Jermaine Durandamy. Jermaine, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. How how do you feel? I believe you're already back in Holland. I mean, this must have been a crazy <laughs> roller coaster for the last uh, day or so. It's it's been a roller coaster. It absolutely has been. But uh, I feel amazing. I'm in great spirits. So uh, I couldn't wish to be in a better place. You know, uh, this is going to sound funny to you, but after I spoke to you on Thursday, I believe it was before the fight, I was very confident. I just got a feeling that you're in such a positive place, that you, you seem to be so happy that it was going to have fantastic uh, ramifications on your performance. And my word, is that how you felt uh, going into this fight? Like, I mean, did you feel like in a completely different place than you have been before? To be honest, I, I felt something this time different than I've ever felt before. Uh, when I was in the dressing room, when I started to warm up, uh, I started so sharp that my coaches said, okay, slow down. We're going to take wow. a little bit of time because we don't want to go over it. And I felt I felt so on point. It, it's, it's crazy. It's like I knew when I stepped in there and, and, and when I was walking out, I during my walkout, I turned to my coach and I looked him in the face and we smiled at each other and he said to me, it's your moment. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And I felt this was going to be my moment. I didn't expect it to be 16 seconds, but (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I knew it, it was going to be my moment. Yes, and I mean that punch you hit Aspen. We'll get to the we'll get to the stoppage and everything in a second. But the the punch you hit Aspen with the, it was without a doubt one of the most perfect punches we've seen. I mean, when you connected with this shot, how did you feel? Did you know it was a good one as soon as uh, you felt the connect? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, if you if you see it when I threw the jab, I stepped a little to the outside towards her right side, so I would slip her punch. And that mean that my hand would land straight flush on the chin, you know, in, in dreams and in practice, you visualize this, you know, and when you visualize a fight, you visualize throwing that hand, but you know, never, barely never. It's this perfect how it landed and it landed. And I'm like, she's, she's down. If you see in the fight, I hesitate for a second. I'm like, she's down. (laughs) And then I realized, okay, jump on it. It was, um, yeah, and, and I mean, let's be honest, Aspen Ladd's reaction was quite delayed as well. Like, I mean, 
as far as people uh, talking about this stoppage, a lot of criticism for Herb Dean and the referee. But I mean, after the punch is delivered, you can see that Aspen is clearly trying to work out whereabouts she is in the cage nearly. I mean, she seems to be trying to find her bearings. Um, what was your impression of Aspen's state after, after she hit that shot? I know it's very, very quick. We're talking simply seconds but I mean did what was your uh, what did you note from her after you hit after you hit her just before Herb Dean stepped in to stop the action uh, you know at that point you become it's like you become a, a hunter mm. you know and you just want to finish so I've said it before you know I respect Aspen so much I have so much respect for for her but at that point I became the hunter so I was going to jump on if, if Herb didn't jump in I was gonna jump on top of her and and try to finish the fight anyway mm. you know I mean in my opinion she was rocked and she was looking okay what what just happened and then I was gonna attack again so I hit her once and then her pulled me off or pulled me uh, pushed me to the side so I was gonna jump on that moment I was planning on jumping on it and finishing the fight but at the same time I also say you know Aspen is still very young. She has a bright f- future ahead of her. She's a warrior. But why take more damage than necessary? Right? Absolutely. I mean, if, if you look at our training camps, every day we take damage, basically, you know, to our head. Is it inspiring? And I'm not saying we're sparring every day, but is it inspiring? Is it in grappling? If if, if it's wrestling, you know, if somebody shoots and, and, you, and somebody shoves the takedown, you're hit. Head might hit their hip, you know. You take a lot of damage to the head. Why take more damage? It's not necessary at sometimes. Absolutely, absolutely. How how do you feel like having watched the fight back? Do you do you have any feelings about the stoppage? Do you think it was earlier? Do you think it was fine? Or how do you feel about it? Like I said, in my personal opinion, I think it was it was a good stoppage. I, I saw that Herb was watching her. I saw her react a little bit slow after the punch. Um, I believe I was going to finish the fight there and then. So, like I said, there's no need to take more damage. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I was very disappointed by the reaction of the Sacramento crowd. This was, you know, even if they didn't like the stoppage, like there was a lot of boos and stuff. And, you know, for us in Europe... uh, we we want to see you get cheered. We want to see people, uh, you know, celebrating with you a big win like this. I mean, after so much stuff going on, is is it hard to take that? Like, um, you know, something that's completely out of your control, and people are kind of booing uh, as you get your hand raised. I, I didn't really like that. No, of course, it's it's never fun because you go in there and you 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 come and entertain the fans, you know. But it, I understand partially too. You know, Espen is from Sac- well close to Sacramento. Mm. She. The crowd was on her side. It's never fun to get to see your fighter getting knocked out or TKO'd after 16 seconds. It's never fun. So partially I understand. And at the same time, I'm like, you know, I remember when Anna Elmos came to Rotterdam Mm. and uh, Bruce Buffer announced her, you know, the crowd was still cheering. So I'm like, you know, but... At the same time, I understand. I I truly do. I mean, you know, it's fighting and they love Espen and they have every right to love her. And she is a great athlete and a great sportswoman. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, the, the, the footage of Aspen weighing in the day before has gained a lot of traction. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she didn't look well. Uh, people like me from the media, we were kind of going... You know, is is this uh, lady fit to fight? 
tomorrow night. Um, obviously, the doctors have cleared her and she was allowed to get in there. But was at any stage where you worried that the fight might be called off? Did you did you see her around that time and and wonder if maybe this fight could be called? I haven't seen her. Uh, my team told me she wasn't doing very well at weigh-ins. They didn't show me the video. My team don't didn't want me to worry or anything, you know. Um, if 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 the fight was being cancelled, you know, I to be honest, I would have accepted that. You know, it's never fun because you prepare mm. yourself for a fight, but at the same time, fighting is all fun and stuff. But your health goes above all. You know, she has a, she's so young. She has, we're all so young. We all have a whole life in front of us left, you know, and your health is, is the most important thing. There are people that love you, cherish you, and they want you to come home safely and healthy. So, you know, you shouldn't take any risk concerning your health. I believe no fighter should. So if it was going to be called stopped or not, you know, what wasn't going to get through, I, I would have. You know, it would have been sad, but I would have accepted it mm. because for me, Espen's health as, as also as mine and all the other fighters on the card or around the world, our health is just one of the, is the most important thing. Someone like you, uh, so experienced in kickboxing and you fought the very best there is in MMA. Did you have any words with Aspen afterwards? Did you did you get a time to have a quick chat with her after the fight or, or was she taken away? No, no, uh, I don't know if she's been taken away. I haven't seen her after the fight. I did tell her in the cage, you know, keep your head up, man. You're, you're, you're the future. You're going to be a future champion without any, without any doubt. And it was an honor to fight her. And, uh, you know, she will be back strong. And I asked her, please keep your head up. Just keep your head up. Well, that's really cool of you, I have to say. Um, I, I have to say as well, after the fight, I was very disappointed with some of the reaction that was coming across from across the pond. A lot of people saying things like, will, uh, what, will Jermaine accept the fight if she's offered to fight Amanda Nunes? I mean, this, is, uh, this for me is ridiculous. You've already fought Amanda Nunes. You fought nearly 50 fights in your kickboxing career. I mean, what, why are people even questioning this at this stage? I mean, have you seen that? And of course, I know if, if the fight presents itself with Amanda, you'll be happy to take it, but you're not going to cause a big fuss about it, right? That's what we talked no. about before. No, of course not. I've I've heard so when I landed in Holland, I got a video. Somebody sent me a video. A couple of people sent me a video of uh, a video that Chil Sonnen did. So earlier on, I I told on Ariel Wani's show. Mm. You know, I I gave answer to uh, the question Chil had because I think Chil started it, and he had, he wanted to know if I would accept a fight with Amanda. Of course, I would accept a fight with Amanda. Of course, everybody knows. You know, I would. I would, it would, for me, it would be an honor to step in the cage with such a great champion. And it would be an honor to try and get my regime. Absolutely. And I, I remember that uh, matchup very well. Um, and I can remember one of the things that sticks out in my head. Everybody looks at Amanda, like, and, and she is a fantastic puncher, an amazing knockout art, artist. But she uh, wasted no time taking you to the ground. Like, I mean, I do think it is a different thing when people are being hit by Jermaine Durandamy, I must say. I mean, do you, do, what do you remember from that fight with Amanda? I, I, I remember the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the same thing. <laughs> but, you know, and that's, that's the fun thing, you know. I am not that fighter. Any, I, I'm not that fighter anymore. And Amanda is not that fighter anymore, too. So I believe this is going to be a way different fight. And I'm not that easy to take down anymore. In that fight, it was easy to take down. But 
now I'm not that easy to take down anymore, you know. And and I know Amanda believes, you know, she's a great champion. So I believe this would be a great matchup. Yes, and I mean, this is the only person who has ever defeated you in the UFC. I mean, that, that must add to the storyline. It certainly does for me anyway. Yeah, for me too. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what have you thought of Amanda's run? I mean, it's been pretty amazing, hasn't it? Yeah, um, man, I got the utmost respect. I just said it the other day. There's no doubt she is a true champion. Mm. And she is absolutely one of the best ever. Absolutely. But everybody is beatable. I keep saying that. <laughs> and you keep proving it as well, Jermaine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> I got to ask, because as you know, uh, this is a European MMA show, and there's going to be a lot of fans wondering, when could we possibly see Jermaine fighting in Europe again? This is something you talked to me about <laughs> on Thursday. This is something you really want to do, but... I mean, is the fact that you are probably, you are number one contender now, as far as I'm concerned, that probably means that the next fight is going to be in the US if, uh, if it can come together, right? I, I don't know. You know, I don't, I really don't know what the UFC wants to do. I haven't spoke to them. I, I know Amanda wants to defend, defend her 145 belt first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm 35 years old, so I don't want to sit and wait. So if she wants to defend her 45 belt first, I'm going to fight a fight in between. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll take all the res- risks. I mean, if if I want to be a champion one day again, you know, or going to be a champion one day again, you can, you know, you got to fight. So I'm going to keep fighting. It's kind of silly, though, isn't it? People saying that you're afraid to fight. You fought men. You've knocked out men, for Christ's sake. What, <laughs> what else do you need to do? It's, it's annoying me. <laughs> Don't worry about it too much, you know. Smile. Just smile, because smiling is your (laughs) favourite. Well, Jermaine, uh, thank you so much for this. It's an absolute pleasure to speak to to you again. And and I just want to say for all the fans listening, Jermaine went out of her way to speak to us today so she could get a word out to the European fans. So we really appreciate that, Jermaine. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you back in there. I hope it's a big fight. I hope it's the fight you're looking for. And it was a pleasure, (laughs) as always. Thank you so much. All the best, Jermaine. Okay, bye-bye. And there she was, the Iron Lady. Fantastic to speak to Jermaine. Uh, just got off a plane, did lots of media, and uh, still had time for us. I always respect that. Um, big fan of Jermaine's. Yep, Holland. Can't wait to see what the next move is really now, man, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's the fight that's going to make sense. Um, you know... Like, I mean, like, Jermaine's being very kind to Amanda. She obviously has a lot of respect for her. She's saying, you know, Amanda has said she wants the 45 title next to do that. Obviously, Cyborg has a fight booked, um, but her contract situation is up in the air. I feel why not just go ahead with the 35ers, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, do it. Like, this is the way to go. Uh, why not just stick it on the Copenhagen catcher? Why not? <laughs> Chances are. <laughs> Don't think that's going to happen. But, um, right, let's get to it. We talked to Jermaine about it. You already heard Jermaine's take on it. Um, Herb Dean. What do you have to say about Herb Dean at Shocking. this stage? Listen, he is he's had a, a bad run. He's had a bad couple life. of years. Yeah, yeah, he really, he really has. Um, I think we go back as far as um, even was it the Frankie Edgar fight against um, who did Frankie fight when he stopped it? Maybe it's Max Holloway. I can't, I'll think of the fight now in a minute. But he's had a bad, bad run of decisions. Um, again on Saturday night, you know, if, it, just look at it like it's it's not a stoppage in my eyes. I don't think I think everyone sort of agreed that it was a bad stoppage. He's taken one really big shot. He's gone down. He didn't look um, as though he was out whatsoever. Gee, are we talking about Aspen Ladder? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Sorry. She got a big shot. 
and she went down and it was just it was one shot like it, it, there was nothing to suggest that she was out at all I um, don't know about that I, like I mean I, I, do, I don't know I don't like I know what you mean as in when he, when he's stopping the fight she's turning over onto her back and she's hooking the legs ready to take, get a sweep in but I think the job is right you get hit she's obviously having a big reaction to getting hit she's looking she doesn't she has no eyes yeah. on Jermaine nothing um, at that stage you're going to have to take a quick look but I think he didn't get to see her properly and he was already stopping Jermaine she tries to land that big left hand and he's already pushing her off surely he should be having a look at her face and seeing where her eyes are at and stuff like this yeah it just looked sloppy like he was because no, she's fully aware by the time well, the, the, was his positioning poor and I don't know like I, I feel like we can see clearly as she's turning over and she's trying to get the hook sweep with her legs um, that she's still there but um yeah, I think I don't, I don't think you can disagree. Like, if someone's awake after the situation, you kind of have to say it. Same as Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren when he when he had that. Like, it's very yeah. hard to say, oh, it's it's a rightful stoppage when the person's clearly uh, conscious and trying to fight as they're stopping the fight. Yeah, I think he, I just think it was it was a shotgun decision. You know, maybe his position was bad. I'm I'm not sure. I'd like to know what sort of other referees thought of his position. Mm. Maybe some like Mark Goddard yeah. or something like that. It'd be very interesting to see. But I just thought he jumped the gun way too quick. And, yeah. Uh, You've got to give, especially in a fight, it's a main event. You, you, and I know people, you know, they, we jo- we referee every fight the same. They don't. Like, mm. just subconsciously, you know, it's a title fight. Not a title on fight, that, but on that topic, it's a big, big fight, and it's the main event. On that <clears> topic, do, do you believe, because I was thinking about it, think right, up, right up until the, the shot lands, and right as it lands, I'm thinking about that girl's weight cut and the and the situation 100%. she's in. Is there any way do you think that Herb Dean could be factoring that in and he's seeing this girl who was shaking and cramping and Maybe. obviously Maybe. can't she can barely stand up. She could barely lift her arms. Maybe man, she shouldn't I've said this for a while now and I tweeted out on Friday. Um you know, she's had a lot of issues with weight. She's pulled out of fights um you know on a Friday night mm. um I think it's Holly Home. She pulled out of the fight on the Friday night or a few minutes beforehand or whatever it was. And it was due to illness and due to illness from, obviously, I would imagine the weight cut, her immune system yeah. so low that she's picking up bugs and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, like, this is not the first time she's missed weight before in the UFC. She's pulled out of a fight. She'd issues at Invicta. I remember watching Invicta. She'd issues getting to 135. They're going to have to, her team herself are going to have to do something about this because um, you can't be putting a girl out there who's such good potential like Aspen Lad, and to see... Yeah, obviously, you know, Herb shouldn't have stopped the fight, but putting her in the octagon, in the cage at her best ability, and she's not been given that opportunity at the moment, whether that's to move to 45, which it probably is. Uh, I don't know if she's big enough for 45, in my opinion. I think like the likes of Amanda Nunes right. would start her. It's not the point, but I do agree with you. It could have been something Herb Dean had factored in as head, definitely. Like, I mean, there is absolutely no doubt about it as far as I'm concerned. Your ability to eat a shot um, has a lot to do with that 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 weight cut and the the your brain trauma, the trauma you're yeah. putting your brain through. Exactly. And you know, I feel like she'll be served better by making some changes, whatever they might be, uh, whether that's moving up or Nutrition. something. But but more than anything, it is a terrible look for MMA yeah. to have right. these fighters, these these main event fighters, shaking and not being able to move on the scales. Come on, guys, this is a terrible look for the sport. Um, you know. I don't know how she gets cleared after that. I, like, I honestly, I don't know how any don't doctor... Know how, stand, how does any doctor stand over that? Like, the girl, like, 24 hours before yeah. she fights can't lift her arms, and yeah. she's going to have to fight one of the best punchers in the division? Yeah, very uh, very interesting. Um, the UFC doctors, whatever they're... Um, 
judgment was there, I, I, I can't really understand as well. We've seen it happen this more than once. It's not the first time it's happened um, in terms of weight cuts. And we've seen guys walk on the scales that, you know, clearly shouldn't be fighting 24 hours later when they can hardly actually stand on the scales. Yeah, and their it's teammates crazy, on it. It's absolutely batshit crazy. Listen, we can go on about the weight cuts, you know, as much as we want, but we've always said, I think it's going to have to, unfortunately, something drastic is going to have to happen. Die. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, 1FC addressed it. Um, have you know, they the though? Because they've given no transparency as to what that situation is. No well, fighters, well, no fighters test, can't no? even. Not, well, no fighters can give us any information on it. No fighters are allowed yeah. to see another fighter weighing in. Yeah. Well, Waller, and, Waller are a bit full of shit with their whole. Yeah, that's what I'm anyway, saying. Like, yeah. I mean, I'd love to believe it, but show me it. Be transparent. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, um, but look, we both agree that the stoppage was early. We both yeah. agree that uh, Aspen Lad needs to make some changes in terms of uh, getting down to that weight, but. You know, something you said to me beforehand about a rematch, I don't see a rematch in this situation. Like, I mean, I know, as as you can see, the stoppage mm-hmm. is going, but, like, Ben Askren and Robbie Lawler gets played through. Yeah, well, uh, it doesn't make sense for Jermaine. Yeah, I mean, Jermaine's 34 yeah. years of age. He's on a 5 fight win streak. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just don't think that makes sense, you know? No, and it I, doesn't. And um, I don't think Aspen Lad should be rushing back. I know, even though, even though you know, obviously mm-hmm. she wasn't out-out. Look at her body. The, the yeah, story. well, I think get yourself in shape. Um, have a serious conversation about what that, you're going to do about your nutrition um, possibly that's an issue I don't know um, maybe see Mr Lockhart seems to be do a great job everyone has nothing with the fighters we well, know he'll tell you if you need to move up Yeah, he'll, he, he'll tell you plain as day exactly and um, I think there's, there, there could be a little bit more done in, in terms of Aspen's um, her, her, her weight cutting by, by the looks of it because she always seems absolutely all over the place on on, on weighing day so yeah it's, it's a big big issue a big concern and um, it's going to be very interesting yeah I wouldn't you know Take a bit of time off, chill out, make a decision, speak with your nutritionist, your coach and staff, everything like that, yeah. Uriah Faber is an American hero. He is an American hero, yeah. That was absolutely... I saw a couple of people questioning the stoppage as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Well, I guess when the main event happens after it, the issue's going to go away pretty quickly. That is true. Um, I thought it was fair enough. And Ricky Simone, I think, after the fact, he he even thinks it's fair enough. Um, But... You know, Uriah didn't look like it was going to go his way. I know it's a very quick mm-hmm. fight. It's only 40 seconds, mm-hmm. but I saw him eat that low calf kick. Yeah, I, I was think like, it was. oh, shit. And I was like, oh, man. Go. Boom. Low calf kick, and he got a crack. I think he got a straight left um, or a jab to the jaw as well. He went, and, and then, then he, he just, boom. And he just, just turned Pop it around. Goes the weasel. There you go. There you have it. You know, it's, you know, I doubted him. I doubted him. So did I, man. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and, and say I didn't doubt him either. You know, Ricky uh, Simone is a very, very good talented fighter and I do I agree with you right I think this guy is going to be one to watch in the coming years and that's an invaluable learning experience for a young lad to go out and face a guy like Uriah Faber and obviously you know it only did last 40 seconds but that will stand to him in the long run I guarantee it was you. an unbelievable it'll make punch, him a fighter fair it was and <laughs> like I mean we haven't seen Faber do that in a you know, long time you know, you know, and he credited his uh, his, uh, his young uh, Chinese protege as well um, Yudong Song Yudong Song as well so for teaching him that shot so that's is it, it Song Yudong or Yudong Song? Song Yudong. Oh, Song Yudong. And um, yeah, listen, phenomenal stuff from the Cali kid. Um, great to see him back. You know, I'm, I'm let's not ease the it off of the title shots. Let's let's ease, ease yeah, it off of the title no, shots. I think there's a bit of heat there, though. I like it. I, <laughs> I, I, I do. I don't mind it too much because you know, you're Raya. You're what age? What's what's he forty? So you know, Henry's what twenty seven, twenty eight, whatever age Henry is. Maybe a little bit older. It's you know, fuck it. Why not do it? Why not? 
Why not? I'm not really interested, but fair enough. Like, where, where else does he go? I guess when you're Roy Faber, you're looking to go in, make a statement, and get the biggest fight available. Yeah, so, definitely. can't argue with it. Yeah. Uh, Josh Emmett uh, got a big win over Mirsad Bektic. <laughs> this guy, I thought he was done. I, I've said it so many times. After Jeremy Stevens' fight, his face was completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was game over. This guy's a fucking warrior, man. Uh, you know, Mirsad wasn't having the worst of fights, to be honest. Like, I mean, I thought Josh was definitely winning, but I didn't feel as though... Bektage was out until he was obviously out. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a rough one for Mirsad. Uh, this is a guy who has been waiting for an opportunity like this. Obviously, injuries have just been destroying his momentum, yeah. really, you know. Uh, that's, that's, that's he's obviously the moved from ATT to Troystar as well. He, uh, he's, to be honest with you, I don't like that move. Do you not know? I don't think that James Well, ATT are flying at the moment. You know, it? I don't think, um, you know, I'd love to see him somewhere really sort of working a striking because we know how good his grappling is. You know, I'd love to see him, you know... He was into, working with Raymond Daniels for a while. Yeah, 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 he was. Up, yeah, Raymond works a bit with the guys up in, in Tristar as well. But I'd love to see him go somewhere, a.k.a. and, and really, or Henry Hooft or someone like that and really get the hands going. he can bang, like, he definitely has power Yeah, he hands. does, but, yeah, he just looks a bit sloppy at times in his, his stand-up. And, listen, such a talented guy again. Emmett's a fantastic talent, yeah, like, man. though, as well. Like, yeah. I mean, Jesus... We, like, I remember I mean, we were at his debut in, in Sweden. I think it was the, the UFC Rotterdam card, and he was called in as a late replacement. Yes, yeah. And um, he's just got so good ever since then, man. And, and I remember speaking to, um, I think it was Danny Castillo or someone who was in his corner, or maybe Justin Buckles at the time, and, and just said, man, you got to watch out for this kid in the coming years. He's going to be, he's going to be, he's he's one of the best guys we have in, in, in T, Team Alpha Male. And he's, he's proved that he really has. I took that with a pinch of salt at the time, as you do a lot of the time with coaches. But look what he's done, man. He's just got better and better every fight. He's learned from his losses, come back from that horrific knockout as well. Absolutely. And just um, just really put on. Uh, like he's, he's nearly there for a yeah. title shot. Yeah, Carl uh, Robertson got a split decision win over Wellington Torman. And Marvin Vittori roars back into action with a very one-sided, I felt, uh, decision win over Cesar Ferreira. Um, you know, he didn't manage to put Michanche away, but he certainly had him on... Uh, at the ice rink there for a, yeah. for a few on a few occasions, so great return to action for Marvin um, and another prospect from Europe. I must say, for middleweight, he looks very good. Starving Marvin got his dinner. <laughs> man, there's nothing starving about that yeah. man. Uh, John Allen got a got a decision win over Mike Rodriguez. Pretty entertaining fight there. Plenty of action. Um, the Brazilian John Allen. What a yeah, name. Andre Feely, man, this was an unbelievable Savage, performance. Roy Hook to knock it to to ground and pound against Shaman Marois. You know, oh, I thought he was unbelievable, man, to be honest. I he think was. he's looking better and better, and he's hit a new vintage as far as I'm concerned. Um, Juliana Pena beats uh, Nico Montano at their bantamweight fight. Obviously, the former flyweight contender getting back to action weird. with a loss. That was a weird fight. Yeah, it wasn't enjoyable. Uh, Ryan Hall was unbelievable. Ryan Hall Savage. entertained the shit out of me. Uh, Best, my most favorite fight of the night. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Ryan is he's so good on the ground, It's you don't want to get close to him, but... He also doesn't allow you to get close to him because he's coming in with his hands down, swinging legs like a lunatic now. Like he looks like bleeding Stoilbender in there. He does. He looks uh, like he looks like. Um, but he looks like an accomplished striker. Like it doesn't look does. like a jujitsu guy doing striking. He looks like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson with yeah. the karate stance. Like, I'm not. I'm not taking the piss. Beautiful wheel kick, yeah. man. Halfway through, really, really. S- some of the some. In fairness, though, I will say some of the you know the spinning attacks with his hands were a bit sloppy. Work on there. The kicks were phenomenal. Um, the, the, listen, just the ringmanship. Said, I, I yeah, did find him so yeah. entertaining to oh, watch. Yeah, he's like, brilliant. He's he brilliant. has a very unique uh, persona in there. He know? does, man. Listen, that guy. That guy can go places. If you have a grand game like him, listen, it, no one wants to get. Him. That's why he has me fighting. I used to get his uh, DVDs off me coach when yeah. we were just in jujitsu because he used to be like he's a guy that's gone through different. Yeah. 
uh, like he's been a master of so many techniques in jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like for, I can remember Foot when he locks, first rose, locks, Yeah, I know, but he had triangles at the start. Yeah. Where his thing? Sure, lucky, nearly, nearly yeah. sold him out with a triangle. Then, first like, then he went to the fifty-fifty guard, obviously with the leg locks and imanari rolls, all that stuff. Um, just so exciting. He's, he's just brilliant. a mad box of tricks. He's brilliant, isn't he? Really, really good. Uh, John Martinez got a beautiful knee knockout of uh, Lou there in the the fight pass prelims. I didn't get the CDs, bad boys. Brianna Van Buren. Brilliant. That knee was brilliant, man. Yeah, I saw the knee. Really, really good was, fight, and I uh, really enjoyed that one. I saw it on a tweet um, against. Uh, sorry. Brianna Van Buren uh, got a decision win over Livia Renata Souza and Benito Lopez got a win over Vince Morales. One of the things that that's coming out of this card, we we talked about Jermaine, we've talked about um, Uriah. One of the things that a lot of people are talking about is the the reemergence of Team Alpha Male. I yeah, mean, Josh Emmett, Uriah Faber, um, Feely, Feely, like, and I believe uh, Benito Lopez is another that's guy right. that's on the team. They got two losses on the night as well. Um, Darren Elkins and the other one is escaping me at the moment. But um, it was, uh, you know, for a long time, I feel like people were saying it's all over for t- Team Alpha Male. You know what I mean? Like, and it certainly isn't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not. The, the the pool of talent is still there. But I think it's been in terms of, there's been a high turnover of coaches. Like, you know. Transition is, yeah. There's, there's a been, big transitional phase there. For yeah, there's been a, you know, a few arguments here and there as far as I'm aware. You know, obviously, Justin Buckhouse left the gym. He's, you know. Obviously, uh, TJ um, as well, that whole issue, that unsettled a few people, I think, um, there. And it seems to have blown over a little bit since TJ and Justin Buckles have gone. And, and it, it is interesting. They've re-emerged. They've regrouped, obviously. And, um, yeah, no, it's exciting times. And with Uriah back in there as well, I think maybe um, might take a little bit of the pressure that was in the gym off now that he's got back in the cage. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, moving on to Beltar 224 on Friday night. Uh, as we said at the top of the show, um, we had Julia Budd beat Olga Rubin from Israel in the main event. Uh, first round knockout, body kick, and finisher on the ground. Lovely, lovely uh, bit of stuff there. And um, I guess from a European perspective, it was the the three SPG fighters that were on the card that garnered the most amount of the interest. Um, we'll start with Kiefer Crosby. The first loss of his career in unfortunate, unfortunate yeah. terms, man. Listen. He looked like, I mean, he looked like he was on the verge of finishing the guy when mm. this happened, which is mm. probably the, the most bitter pill to swallow. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything to diminish a stock. Everybody whatsoever. knows that's not a real loss. Yeah, like, of course. It's not. So he's going to regroup. He's obviously going to look at the Dublin card. We're going to see what happens there. He's going to get in there and try and make a statement. Um, again, you know it is frustrating for most as well watching on because it was it was a bit of a step up. But you want to see something sub, 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 uh, substantial now. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms and, uh, of someone we know. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about yeah, that okay, in a sorry. second. Um, moving on to uh, Sinead Kavanagh and Leslie Smith. I had the fight scored for uh, Sinead. Um, I know a lot of Irish people did online, a lot of people calling Hobbery. Um, Leslie Smith uh, got the win in the end on the judges' scorecards, a majority decision. Um, Sinead looked brilliant. Sinead looked absolutely brilliant in that fight. She did. I think Leslie landed a lot though as well, maybe. Or, like, are we, are we, yeah, no, are we I, I was going to talk about that. You see, when I was watching it, I was like, I was seeing the outrage online and I'm very conscious of that I'm Irish. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah, in yeah. these moments, like, yeah. let's let's just clear let clearer heads prevail here. I felt like Sinead won it, but I, I was very conscious of not getting online and jumping up and down about it. I contacted three judges the next day just to ask them how they yeah, scored it, they and they, they saw the argument for Leslie. So straight away, that's from that's from me. Well, like, well, I had it, Leslie. Did you have it for Leslie? Yeah, right? yeah, I tweeted that. I thought but, it was... But, but that's just the way I think I need to be, because yeah. I think a lot of times Irish MMA guys have been, all of us media guys, have been thrown under the bus for being too biased towards Irish 
etc. So I just wanted to check it yeah. out. I didn't want to go full haul yeah. because even if we can't even feel it, we do have a bond with these people because we're from the same country. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, no, it's, yeah, I, I do understand that, and I think you know over the years. Uh, We've had a lot of shit thrown our way, as you said. And yeah, that's why I'm so conscious of it. Yeah. You know, like and I was we've, like, we've been the first ones in, in fairness to us that have, have have shot in our Irish fighters if they don't anything wrong. Um, even though a lot of people uh, don't seem to see that, but anyway, that's a different fucking argument for a different day. Yeah. But listen, yeah, I scored her for for Leslie. I just thought. Um, she just seemed, seemed to land more. She was on the back foot quite a bit. There was a, a good I bit of octagon control. Off the back foot, like I mean, like the, what I tweeted after was I thought she had won. But she gave what an account she yeah. gave herself. Like, I mean, on the back foot, as you said, but she was landing. Like, she was able to... Her jab straight was fantastic. She landed some beautiful body shots. But as you said, Le- Leslie was marching forward. I-, I can remember when I think about it, the second round in particular, I can remember Leslie... I think Leslie was chewing up her leg a bit. There was a bit more going on. Um, I think I had it, like, being very critical, hypercritical. I had it... Uh, rounds one and three to Sinead and the second maybe to uh, Leslie. I'm not very sure. Yeah, on that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know which way you scored it round? No, round? I couldn't tell you what. what you were rounds. just you just thought it was Leslie's fight. I thought it was Leslie's fight from watching it definitely. Yeah. Did you see Sinead's post the next day? No. It was um, it was to the point. Um, I think I need to pull this up because they got very heated in the weigh-ins as well. If you don't know, if you yeah, saw the I saw that. There's yeah, a lot of fucking shit talk it's back two, and forth. Two game, uh, two of the game, one of the game. Like they could do that in Dublin, man. And, oh, and yeah. you know, I'd love to see Leslie Smith over here. Oh, stop! Um, against Sinead Cavan, that'd be a fantastic fight. And I'd be well up if if Sinead was on for running that up on Leslie Smith. I'm, you know, that would be an, an unbelievable addition to the Dublin card. So listen, why not? If there's a bit of beef to settle, throw down in Dublin. Yeah, and I mean, we could do with a, a name like Leslie coming over Definitely. here. But um, I just wanted to say which could deflate that situation a little bit oh, uh, Sinead sake, put a big uh, a big post up the next day of her hand it looks like it it's very swollen the caption that goes with it Bellator Europe thank you for letting me punch the head off the nastiest bitch I ever came across Leslie Smith enjoy my money you cunt oh my god <laughs> that is Jesus, Jesus that's Christ. like that is oh. whoa <laughs> All right, I, fuck, oh I, didn't, I, I didn't know it was that heated. Eh? Yeah, but, um, yeah. And listen. I'm just, I'm just quoting verbatim. I never use that word, by the way. Of course. See you um, next Tuesday. Uh, listen, run it back in Dublin. If her hands good, let's do it. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to let's see. Let's do it. it. Um, let's I, I, I know that. Um, Colford fans, you're the ones who, you know, you, you want it. That would be a great Colford. fight if her hand is in good shape. Take up, yeah, have a look at the yeah, picture there. It yeah. doesn't look, it doesn't look uh, 100 to be honest. But uh, I'd love to see it. And um, I know the fans would love to see yeah, as well. Exactly. And it was a good fight. Like I mean, oh, it, was, it was. It was action packed. Yeah, it was exciting. They were it was... bearing down. Like I mean, Leslie was just bearing down on her. And and Sinead, yeah. I thought like after the first round, I thought Sinead won. And I was like, I just don't know if she can keep up this pace. But she did. She stayed in the action the whole way through it. Um, Definitely, her cardio we... seemed to have gone up on it to yeah, another yeah. level. Yeah, it's something well, maybe that, that. One thing she needs to sort out is the missing weight. You can't yeah, be missing yeah, yeah, weight. Yeah, big time. A featherweight, you can't be missing weight. You know, like yeah. um, it's it's becoming a thing. Which night now where people are talking about for a while. Lot, like you know. And uh, I feel like that's gonna be an issue unless mm. they get it sorted out. But uh, fantastic display again. I was really, really impressed with yeah. it. Um Will Flurry had the biggest win of the night, I felt. Huge, huge test in Doomsday Jones, a man who's been drafted into the Dana Hoyt's Tuesday Night Contender series. Will was magic on the ground. I mean very good. he was doing intricate shit, like mm. you'll see jujitsu guys in the gi <laughs> doing. Shit. No, but like I mean I know what you mean. He's wrapping up the legs after he takes half guard. He's going back to destabilize the guy's base by putting his knees in between his two legs. Lovely stuff that jiu-jitsu people lose their minds about. You know what I mean? There was lots of little details like that. Um, he was nearly 
immediately taking side control because of that that great position he had with the weaving of the legs. Um, is it fair to say Will is the one who's probably, you know, at the moment when we're looking on at fighters in terms of who are we looking for to maybe get there and get onto that level in terms of the what US level in, in in terms of yeah you know building up. Um, a record in terms of you know he, he's constantly making an adjustment yeah. and a step up in level and he's called for that again today I don't know how you know Joe, Joe Schilling. Schilling he's called out today but I mean if you look at that fight that would be the exact way you'd fight Joe, Joe yeah. Schilling if you could down the deck, because deck like I mean like I haven't heard anyone uh, complain about how exciting it was or anything mm. like that but you know, usually casual fans are giving out about that, but that is a masterful performance because he knows Antonio Jones' only chance, really, of catching him is with a big overhand. Yeah. Big overhand right, man. He's doomsday for a reason. And Will just never, never really gave the, the opportunity. opportunity. I totally agree with you. It was, it was masterful. And I'd love the Joe Schilling fight in Dublin. I'd absolutely love it. It's a big, big name mm. to get in the Dublin card oh, as well. massive name. Might even have a few Diaz's in the house if that went yeah, down. imagine that. And Leslie Smith may as well yeah. come along for the journey. If... Diaz versus fucking SBG again, run it back. Yeah, I mean, I love it. And, um, you know, Will is a guy who's gaining a lot of momentum very quickly. Like, I mean, he, he really put himself out there before this fight. He'd done our show, of course. Yeah. And he did uh, Paddy Hoolan's No Shame podcast. And I think that's really allowed people to see what he's all about. Mm, you mm. know, this is what this guy is. This is the guy what he wants. So, Will's calling for Joe uh, Joe Schilling. Sinead, I want that rematch. I'd love to see that fight. We'll have that again. And Kiefer Crosby made some very interesting comments beforehand about uh, Miles Price from Team Rhino. Yeah, he um, did. You know, I didn't see the post, but um, I think Miles had called... Um, Kiefer out based on what he told us Miles on the show this week um, based on what he told us he had put out uh, an Instagram post or something to that effect and Kiefer saw it and basically when MMA Junkie came to him and said who do you want to fight yeah, they're like Kiefer. you know Miles Price basically Miles. Um, I love that fight I do I like it I like it and I think there's obviously that Kiefer's that, huge. Like Kiefer's big business. Whether whether you know, I, I think our thing with Kiefer is we want to see him fight a good, you better, know, a good better level of opponents. Um, obviously Mike Jackson this weekend had an even record against him, and you know Kiefer is a guy that we like. Everybody's really getting excited about. Yeah. Like I mean, he looks the business. He he looks like he knows how to deal with the spotlight. He has a lot of pressure on him when it comes to these Dublin shows because oh, yeah. so many people are kind of seeing him as the next thing, next big thing. We have Moyles coming off the defeat of Peter Queeley, his teammate. Uh, Kiefer is on his way down to lightweight. I think it's just there's a massive narrative. Yeah, and and I feel as though if Kiefer got through Miles, everybody go and lose your Miles. Yeah. Get excited about this guy because that I that is, that is a huge scalp. And for Miles, he's taking all the momentum from a guy who Bellator are clearly getting the brand behind, are clearly putting a lot of social behind, and is clearly reverberating with the fan base on a big level. I really like it. Um, I love it. I think we need more fights of that on the Dublin card. Like people are saying, like let's do a rematch. Like I saw loads of people. Like, let's do a uh, rematch with Mike Jackson and Kiefer Crosby. Like if you really off. need to know what no, has no, to happen no, there, no, no, no. Kiefer was going to he was going to finish him um, space yeah, into the ground. T- like. t- unnecessary. We don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. We need something. I think on this Dublin card that's going to pull a lot of interest. The more eyes on this card, the better. And I think that is the fight that's going to get people interested. It's going to be a lot like Peter Queeley oh, and Price. Kiefer um, is not afraid to talk. Some exactly, shit, and I think and neither is Miles. I think yeah, and I think we'll get better shit talk with Kiefer because you know Peter to a certain extent he does talk shit, but 
He's a little bit more reserved. Doesn't get himself out there, maybe. Doesn't get himself there as Kiefer. Kiefer loves to talk and he's a bit of banter about him. Good following. Like, that would be a tremendous. Imagine the atmosphere in the and arena. And it's a different night. fight as well because Kiefer is just, let's go. Like, yeah. we're coming in and we are yeah. banging. And look at the audience Kiefer brings and he lives around the corner from the arena. <laughs> he's, he's bringing like hundreds of people in there. You know, Miles brings a, a good crew. So, yeah, man. This is the one that one on. get. The last time they had Queely and Miles, and I felt that really, really reverberated with the old school. Even yeah. the old school Irish MMA that maybe even some of the Dublin cards who had been there over the last few years hadn't catered to. This one caters to them. It's well, this new maybe, school versus the old school. Maybe maybe, maybe well. Bellator don't want to do that yet, but like I hope they do. But um, maybe they want to keep them away from each other and, you know, sell them as separate entities because they are two of the Irish guys that we're looking at going, Jesus, you know, these guys... Yeah, are good fucking solid fighters. They've been around the scene for a long, long time. We know them. They might have different paths. I hope they don't, but that's the way they could be looking at it. Yeah. Um. So I tried to get Kiefer on. You can understand coming off his first loss, he probably didn't want to have a have a chat, even though I don't think it's a, a, it's a, not a loss. loss. Yeah. Uh, my idea was to have Kiefer on the show and Miles on the show and them going crazy at each other, but uh, we I mean, only. It's got better more. off when you've a loss anyway in your career. Yeah, yeah. Get that pressure yeah, off you, Paddy Hulan. I'll never forget when don't. he lost his first fight uh, on his official record. I know we had lost in, in tough before. He was kind of like to me, do you know what? It's just great not having to answer the same Pressure. question. Like, what's unbeaten. it like being undefeated? Unbeaten. What's it like? Unbeaten. Blah, blah, blah. He, he actually felt, like, I mean, everyone's going to lose an MMA. Yeah. That's yeah. the way it is, basically, you know? Um, so we caught up with Moyles, who's in San Jose. He was, I, never, I never lost an MMA. <laughs> oh, no, that's a true story. But he is preparing an AKA at the moment. He's getting some good rounds in with Khabib Nurmagomedov. Um, and he had some comments to make. Turns out he actually regrets calling Kiefer out. This is a very interesting interview because I felt like he was he was pushed. He was verbally he was telling me no, I don't want that fight. But the more he talked, I was like, yeah, hang on, Miles, I really want to see this fight now. So uh, I don't know if he's using res- reverse psychology, a bit of Chael Sonnen uh, action on Miles me. is a, Miles is a smart guy. Yeah, when he's on, yeah. on the mic. He is. He knows I what felt he's doing. my brain was in knots at the end of this. I was. You'll, you'll even he was, hear he was it. He's on a bit of Bando Henderson as well, wasn't he? Yeah, but that's what he said. He yeah. said that was a possibility. Yeah, fucking hell. After he's called out Kiefer, Bando was suddenly a possibility. You see, that, that's the thing that could be in his mind now. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. of that. Absolutely. So, you know, listen. To but it, this this will, in my opinion, you'll hear me. We we talk it out. Right. But I feel as though Kiefer and Moyles is a fight that reverberates with the Irish fan base and casual fans that just are following guys like Kiefer who is bringing a new fan base into the sport. Uh, it would be a huge one for Moyles. And another another kind of storyline with the whole SBG thing. I'd love it. Do it. Um, so let's talk to Moyles. Moyles in fantastic form. He was only back from a two-day meditation trip. <laughs> So uh, we had a lot to talk about, would you believe? So, um, yeah, we'll talk to you about 15. I thought this was fairly juicy. And now, as promised, we are joined by Miles Price. Some may call him Magic. Some may call him Splinter. But he is here on the phone from San Jose. Miles Price, how are you, sir? Hey, Pedersey, how's it going, bro? It's great to be on again, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, as always, as always, you're a fan favorite now um, on the show. So why won't we have you on? But, um... I mean, a lot of people have been wondering uh, about what's going on with you on this Dublin card. Uh, we've seen a lot of fight announcements, none with you so far. And then we see a call-out pop up over the weekend. And I just wanted to know, first of all, any news regarding Dublin so far? Um, I'll be honest with you, it's kind of it's kind of been a little bit mad, the, the, the situation with, with the, the Dublin card for me at the moment. Um. First off, I got offered um I got offered Ryan Roddy and you know on the on the prelims, you know, and it it just it just didn't really motivate me that fight to be honest with you. No disrespect to to Ryan Roddy. He's actually a I I trained with him over in Newcastle before. He's a very good fighter. 
and he's a great guy too. He's a top top guy, but it's just a bit. It, it's just it's it's a pretty big step down, kind of from where what from my last fight. You know, when I'm 31 years of age, I'm getting on now in, in fighter in fighter respect. You know what I mean? Like that's I have about another five six years left of me. <laughs> so I don't really want to be taking a step down like that. Especially when Queeley got a big fight against Scope, you know, it's very much so a win-win situation for him, that fight, you know. It's coming off a loss, main card, great fighter, Ryan's a very good fighter, Ryan Scope. And um, then I, so, and from what I was told, it was the only fight they could give me as well. So I was like, you know, I got a little bit flustered by that, if I was being honest with you, especially after um, the winning the co-main event against and Peter's a, Peter's a top level athlete you know he, he's beaten a lot of really great guys and he's full time athlete himself and I pretty much generated a lot of noise about that fight you know and I called him out and I got that fight you know so I was like after making all that noise and winning the co-main event I was like you know it just it just doesn't really motivate me that so I went on Instagram and it's it's kind of out of my character to be honest with you to go on a to go on it on a on you know calling every Tom Dick and Harry out, but it is the fight game and it's the only thing that really that really does kind of get people talking. Like yeah. is doing doing something like that. So you have to kind of act a little bit out of character sometimes. And um, and uh, I was even I I called out Pedro Carvalho. And that fight does actually interest me, you know, because he beat a really great guy in Derek Campos in uh, the co-main event of the Birmingham card, I think. So I was like, you know what, that's a great fight. And he's doing really, really well lately. Um, similar kind of experience and record to Queeley uh, coming off a win. And I said, you know, who else is in the... Who else, like, you know, would interest me and is more than likely going to be available on the SPG roster because like you know it's just they're a great team and they have a lot of good fighters so I said I was hesitant and even posting up about Kiefer but he's the only other guy really like outside of that and I was hesitant in the sense that he's not really like as big a name as Pedro or Peter you know and be and and I was like oh Jesus you know what I'll do it for the crack they probably won't give me him because I'm I'm too experienced for him and it didn't really even I think I I posted that up because I was very much so like you know a little bit flustered and frustrated about not getting a big fight on the main card and uh, you know I got <laughs> and just moving on from that for two seconds I got a fight again offered a fight against Benson Henderson then wow. and I was like. I nearly hit the bleeding roof when I heard about that. I was running around my apartment and nearly drummed down my pajamas. I was like, Jesus, I'm after winning the lottery, lads. Let's go for points. Fuck it. You know? <laughs> and um, that didn't follow through that fight just for whatever reasons, like, you know. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, it didn't, didn't follow through on uh, Benson's side. So, you know, I... I, I don't I don't know if I don't know if I I don't know if I'm going to be on the card. It's hard to know what's going to be happening here now at the moment. To be honest with you, Kiefer had a call out during the week. Well, it, well, no, he responded to your call out with MMA Junkie, and he kind of said, "Yeah, he would fight you." And um, he does recognize that it's yeah. a big step up in experience and a, a step yeah. up in caliber. I mean, that's a fight that um, a lot of Irish fans have kind of uh, got behind as a fight they'd want to see now. Is that something that you would be open to now if that was that was uh, offered to you? 
I'll be honest. I'll be honest with you, uh, Pedersey. As much as I know the Irish fans want to see the fight, and um, you know, I just, I just can't, I just can't get. It doesn't make me feel like I want to get up and and get up off the couch to do it. Like you know, I know that I called the the fecker out, and I'm shooting myself in the foot by doing it because. But it's the, the only option I had at the time. I didn't have any other options. And since then, I've been talking to a few guys and uh, we've been talking away to the to the guys at Bellator. And I, I'm possibly going to be getting a fight in Milan or, or or Israel, you know. And it's just, I have to follow my gut at this stage of my career. I feel like that's a big, of course, Kiefer's going to say yeah to that fight. It's a big step up for Kiefer to fight me after coming off the win of the co-main event to Bellator. And, and, that's kind of what I want. That's the equivalent fight of what I want. I I need. I want to fight that an experienced guy that really gets. If I win that, when I win that fight, because I would beat Kiefer. Like skill wise, I'm a lot better than him, and mentality wise, I'm a lot better than him. Kiefer's an emotional fighter, and that will play well into the fight for me. Of course, it will. Like you know, I've never seen him compete against anyone without his emotions, and I always strive against guys like that. You know, like like you can't. You can't waver me and my emotions in a fight. Like, you know, I'm going to be calm, cool and collected and I'm going to get the job done any way I can because, sure, like the whole of feckin' Ireland was against me in that last card, you know. <laughs> they were hot. The whole, the whole place nearly erupted when I came out, you know. And I earned the respect of a lot of guys that night. I, and I love the fans, like, regardless, you know, like that. Like, I, I understood how they felt about my situation, obviously, at the time. But I am... Um, I feel like after, especially after what, because I watched them last weekend, and I was kind of going by last weekend. I was like, you know, I was it's not ask getting you about me. That. Yeah, the, the the Friday performance. Yeah. That was is, is 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 the fact that his undefeated record has gone since then. Is it is as yeah, I, it, it, it it really has for me to be honest with you for two reasons. One, seven and zero. Oh, it it does look a lot better for me. You know, he shows he has that experience against someone that is experienced. Then because that guy, even though he was. 13 and 10 like you know my, my like I have I, I have a, a, a rocky record you know what I mean but mm. I fought a lot of experienced guys and I've never gotten demolished like you know like I've always gone in and put on uh, put on the performance like you know and that guy he fought you know that guy took him down three times in the space of like a minute and or a minute and a half or whatever it was if that was me, I would have taken him down, I would have held him down, and the fight would be finished. It's that simple. Because that's the level I've gone to now. I'm out here training with... And, and I'm out here now again in AK. Yes. Yeah, and I'm training with... Like, the quality and training I'm getting now compared to last time is completely different. Like, last time, everybody thought I was a spy and I had to work my way in, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, was the, I was the dodgy... I was the... Who the fuck is this dodgy Irish blow coming in coming in the gym during the McGregor Khabib camp? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? This lad has some cheat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So now it's like every time I'm in there, I'm getting quality training with Khabib, you know what I mean? And right. all the Dagestani lads and all these top level guys are just constantly we're constantly working together all the time now, you know. And I'm in the black room sparring hard three times a week, you know. And I'm just I, I I'm back here with the with the guys here, and I'm get and I'm really I'm fi- I'm training like like I never have before, and I'm mentally in the best place I have been before, and I have to respect how I feel. It was an impulsive thing 
me calling out Kiefer on social media because it so was you're a desperate. Regret it in hindsight, like you're just like I do. I I'll be honest with you. I do regret it because it was it was a it was a desperate thing I did under under stress of not getting the fight that I felt like I deserved. You know, and I was so really looking forward to get on that card, but it needs to be against the right guy. You know, it's. A, I, I gotta say, right, Miles, just just let me play devil's advocate here for a second. I think this I think this fight will go over really well with the fans. I think. Kiefer's a guy yeah. who's garnered so much interest. Like he has a big, huge following. Uh, he's a guy he that's does. being pushed by Bellator, and and really he that is. that last weekend that really wasn't a loss. We know what happened. That was unfortunate. But you know, I, I feel like that's the kind of fight that generates a lot of interest and it plays back into the Peter Queeley kind of storyline. You going against an SPG person again? I, I mean, yeah, I, I feel it's... like I feel like for this market, it's a huge fight. For it's a huge fight for the for the Irish and UK market. I'll just that's that's yeah. my two cents on it. I know it is. I I can definitely see it from your from your point of view, Pedersi. And I'm still kind of a little bit up in the air about it. But like you know, I just saw a lot of I saw a lot of unprofessionalism from Kiefer last weekend. You know, I saw a very unprofessional fighter kneeing a lad in the head on the floor. You know, that's an emotional athlete that just isn't well trained enough. You know, and I felt like that. You know, ah, look. People oh, yeah. are going to listen to this and they're going to want it even more. You're aware of that, right? <laughs> oh, fucking hell, of course, sir. Jesus Christ, sir. I'm shooting myself in the foot again, ain't I? I was talking about the post. Now I'm doing it again. Oh, miles away. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, do, like, do you feel like that just it, it is like it, it's too much of a step up for him? Do you feel like you're risking everything as in you, you should be you should be the guy with the momentum coming off the Queely loss, uh, the, the Queely win? And um, you think that, you know, you deserve a bigger opponent than him, basically, is, is the way you see it? Well, very well said, Pedersi. That's exactly how I feel. And uh, it's it's great to hear. Like, that. that's kind of my point of view. Like, you know, like, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like that. Like, I'd like to be fighting the caliber of a uh, opponent that, that Queely's fighting. And on that, like, you know, and it's not, it's not like, oh, Peter's getting and I'm not a boo-hoo. Like, you know, it's like, you know, fair play to him. Great, he's getting that fight, you know what I mean? Like, fair, fair play to Peter, like, you know, he's a great fighter and, and he puts a lot of work in and he deserves it. But, like, you know, so do I, you know? And I'm not, like, I'm not going to just jump straight into a fight because I made a, a hasty, irrational post on, on something because I didn't have any options at the time. Now I have a few options with Milan and Israel. So I'm not throwing it to one side. I'm not saying completely no, but I have to do a lot of thinking on it, you know, because it is it is something that I'm finding hard to get up off the couch, you know. Like, it's a big step up for Kiefer. It's not a massive step up for me. I'm sacrificing, like, personal life things, financial life things. I'm leaving my business behind. I'm leaving my family behind to be out here. And that's the sacrifice I'm making day in, day out, to beat someone a lot better than my last opponent, again, on another level. So... It needs to be something that really gets me motivated, you know, to be honest with you. And that just doesn't, at the, for the time being. Marketing-wise, fucking great fight. Me versus another SBG guy. You know, mm. he's a bleeding head. He's a, he's a he's a head case as well, isn't he? You know what I mean? He's not a friend. I he couldn't believe it. He definitely will ham up the fight. Like, I feel like the two of you, um, you know, facing off and stuff, it will be electric. Uh, just after seeing his interview, <laughs> I feel like That's it would be That's for sure, crazy. yeah. 
Like, oh, see, I don't know if you're a genius salesman here, and you're you're kind of <laughs> <laughs> you're using reverse psychology or something. Because I want to even I want to see it even more. If you've if you've come on here to try and tell us that it's not a good idea, I think everyone's going to feel the opposite way. To be honest, I feel like they're going to yeah. be shouting from the rooftops. <laughs> yes. I can't do anything right for myself at all. Jesus Christ. Well, look, yeah, um, I gotta so, ask you, um, just while we have you here, just um, you know, are you happy to see Reds are getting a good quality opponent in Brandon Gertz? A lot of people very excited about that one, and um, oh Jesus, yeah, yeah, oh for sure, like you know, look, it, like Reds are deserves a fight like that, like you know what I mean? Reds has been around for a long, long time, and he's and he's earned a shot like a shot like that on the main card. That's the fight he should have gotten on the last Bellator card in Dublin. That's that's the type mm-hmm. of fight he should have had then, and he should have been well ahead of me on the card and he should have been on uh, on the main card that, that's what but well, that's in my opinion where Redzer should be that's where he belongs but like so do I you know and that's the kind of fight that I want too man they'd you have know? to put so, you and like, Kiefer on the main card come on of course they're gonna put me and Kiefer on the same <laughs> so card but it's, we all win. it's the it's the it's the fight it's the fight the like the opponent that I'm like you know I know the shit talk's gonna be like you know uh. great and it's marketing wise like he's not do you know what I thought was hilarious as well his interview on MMA Junkie and he was like Moyles is a bitch oh, he talks some shit and I was like that's all that lad does is talk shit SVG me head fucking he talk he absolutely goes on and rants about everyone the whole time I was like oh, I barely even said boot here and you're going on you're going on about it now well well well, Miles, I um, I think, I think I've, I've gotten everything uh, that I wanted to know from this conversation. Anyway, I don't know quite how you feel about it, uh, but I know how I feel about it. Um, but it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you as always from San Jose. Um, yeah, for sure. You too, Fantasy. It's great to have a chat with you again. All the best. That was uh, that was fantastic fun. I don't know what quite quite your objective is or what your non-objective no, is. No, neither do I. Don't don't ask me. Fucking <laughs> hell, you got you got a lot of uh, you got a lot of kind of what ifs and I don't know. But sure, I think look, I, I hope it gives you questions. some sort of insight. I think I asked three questions over those fifteen minutes. <laughs> And, and uh, yeah, and I gave about 15 back answers. <laughs> well, thanks so much, man. It's great to speak to you as always. I'll speak to you soon again, hopefully. You also, Pedersi. Chat to you soon. Have a great, you have a great evening, bro. Bye-bye. And thank you very much to uh, Mr. California himself, Miles Price. Um, that's San, Jose's. San Jose. Is, is San Jose in California? Yeah, it is. All right, thank yeah, God. No, <laughs> yeah, I hope he, he would have felt the earthquake there as well a couple I of weeks ago. Earth. Move. My nephew my felt skin. it. He's in my nephew's in San Diego. He felt it. Did he? Yeah. yeah. I'd say he's feeling plenty of things over there. <laughs> but um, Auntie Juan as well. The mad. But uh, the yeah. So what do you think, Kiefer? You're on the Kiefer thing after hearing that. I mean, I am. I am. I am. I think it would be good for the card. I really do. I think you know a lot of people have been shitting on this card again, um, calling it a, a Bamator card. Um, so yeah, I think we need. I'd love to see Sinead added as well against Leslie Smith if if that's something that you know is possible providing Sinead's hand isn't too badly injured and I think I think yeah there's just a couple of fights there we, we need to really spice it up I think and I think that would be one for the fans on this side of the pond this country Kiefer as you know I it know generates so many headlines on that's what I mean that you know it'll it'll put the traction there you know any numbers um from the last card here in Dublin, Kiefer's numbers were, were through the roof. So, yeah, definitely. I think it'd be a very, very smart move from uh, the Bellator Brass. Well, this weekend it's finally happening. We've been calling for it for probably over a year. Well over a year. Oh, yeah. Uh, talking Brawls Day is probably... Uh, oh, yeah. 
Leon Edwards is getting his shot at uh, the top of the division, basically, against Rafael Dos Anjos in the main event uh, in San Antonio, Texas, this weekend. Um, what do you think of this fight? I, I, I think it's probably, as Leon has been doing it, he's usually got, got the short straw in terms of the hardest fights. Um, I felt that about Gunnar Nelson. I thought he was complete, like difficult. We hadn't seen yeah. the re-emergence the re, uh, of Jorge Masvidal at this point. But uh, Dos Anjos, um, it is a tough, tough task, I believe. I think that's a very tough fight. We've seen guys who are meant to walk through him and become the next big thing in the welterweight division. We saw it last time against Kevin Lee. We've seen this happen before. Is it going to happen to Leon Edwards? I don't know. <laughs> it's very even, right? Like It, it is. It's a very even fight. It is. I think... The the impressive thing about Leon, if we look at what he's done over his last seven or eight fights, the Kamaru Usman loss was a massive, massive learning curve for him. Seven fights ago. He's just become so adaptable to every situation that the UFC put him in, in terms of the opposition he's fought. He's fought wrestlers, he's fought strikers, he's fought um, jiu- Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, he's, he's fought you know hot prospects like Albert Tumanov, I think, yeah. in Rotterdam. When, when, when we watched that fight, when he finished him, Albert was hot shit going in there. He's fought everything that's been put in his way and he's dealt with them. And I think, I do think, I think, all right, I am edging towards Leon in this fight. I think he's going to have enough tools in his locker and what he's learned over the last number of fights as long as he keeps the head cool. Mm. And I think that's, you know, really, really important in this fight to keep the head cool because he might still feel that he's that chip on that shoulder that he wanted Jorge Masvidal. He's seen the pop from Masvidal over the I last I like the chip on his shoulder. Well. I think it's done him great justice, to be honest. Like, having that guy, like, why aren't you giving me the credit I deserve? Why aren't you people? Like, straight after he beats Gunnar, he's on the mic, put some respect on my name, and we definitely have. And um, one thing I will say is, I feel like Leon's grappling is completely underrated. Definitely. After Gunnar fight, I I really feel that way. Um, But I do feel as though Dosanio is the harder hitter. Like, he can hit hard. He can come out and just start belting. I think so, but if you look at every fight, we see even this cowboy fight, man, even, you know, his clinch work, everything, everywhere. He just looks so solid, so good. I think he has the the tools in his locker here to neutralise RDA somehow, whether it's, you know, taking him to the ground, maybe grappling him. I'm not sure what way he's going to look at this and try and attack this fight. I think that's the really fascinating part of this fight to see how it actually pans out, to see what both guys sort of do. And I think the more interesting thing is what Leon's going to do, how he's going to deal with the adversity that's going to be thrown his way against Ordi. I don't think there's any question about that. He's going to come under some pressure at some point in this fight. Mm. And um, I think that's the fascinating thing about it. And he must be looking on at fucking Jorge after Jorge punching him after an interview and just... But look, put that on the slow burn. Yeah. And, like, I mean, Jorge's going nowhere. Like, I mean, he is hot shit at the moment. Like, yeah. And I feel like as much as I wanted that Leon fight to be made... I feel like after the Askren win, you're like, that couldn't have happened against anyone else. He probably yeah. made the right move. That but that true. point is on the slow boil, um, I feel, Leon and Jorge. And if Leon keeps winning, it's going to happen. That's basically the way it's going. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think, I think think Jorge is now possibly getting to a stage where he's just looking at, you know, he's calling McGregor now left and right. And well, if you I become the he, guy with the welterweight title, which Leon yeah. Edwards has always said was his goal. Mm. Um, Leon won't give a fuck. Suddenly things open up to you, yeah, you know? definitely. Um, Alexi Olenek looks to get back to winning ways after his loss. But well, how do you see it going? I'm interested to, to know you're taking it. Well. I think it's going five rounds. I don't yeah, think no, there's I, 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 I think we'll see the decision um, as well, yeah. I think Leon can do it. I definitely do. I feel like he's he's very savvy. Um, even when we're talking to Gunnar Nelson last week, he's like, you know, when he's in there, like he's very tricky. He's like, you know, he he's good everywhere. He knows, like the Gunnar was kind of saying, I was setting traps for him 
where most people would just take it because they think they're going to be in an advantageous situation. He was knowing that I was setting the trap, which is an exceptional uh, know-how when you're in against like a jiu-jitsu god like Gunnar is, you know what I mean? In Europe, he's top of the food chain. So I feel as though uh, he has definitely got the savviness, but I feel like the, the, the wild cards in this are Dos Anjos' power. Like if he yeah, if he can tag him early on, I think it changes the whole fight. Uh, but if Leon can be clever about it and keep himself safe for the first couple of rounds, I think he has the engine to take him through to the end, and I think he has the uh, ringmanship to do it. Um, it's just will Dos Anjos come out firing from the first, yeah, no, like, like we've seen against Alvarez. <clears throat> um, Alexi Olenek looked to get back to winning ways against Walt Harris. He's obviously coming off the loss to Alistair Overeem in his last fight, so that's another one for you European guys to take a look out for. Greg Hardy faces the toughest challenge of his life to date against 5-1 and one, Juan Adams. Uh, I've seen Juan fight a good few times. I'm comfortable to say that he, he is the toughest test of uh, Greg Hardy's career, but maybe not the toughest test that's out there for Greg Hardy. Um, oh, listen, give give Hardy a bit of credit. He was, he, you know, no. he, 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 did, he did what he could in the last fight, and uh, I think technically he looked he looked a lot better than he did in his, his previous fight. Okay. Um, James Vick v. Dan Hooker. I love that one. Best fight in the card. Yeah, it probably is, isn't it? As in terms of contest, hands down, the best fight in the card. Hooker needs... They both, is, is they're both coming off a loss, yeah, to yeah. Felder, yeah. So, um, really big fight for both lads there. Hooker coming off that loss to Edson Barbosa as well, where he just got bad around. Um, tough one. It was a tough, tough fight. And, you know, a guy with such, such heart in, uh, in Dan Hooker. But it's one of these fights where it's a big, big one for, uh, for, for either guy. I think this is going to define a lot for James Vick if he loses that. And you would fancy Dan Hooker, in my opinion. Yeah, I do as well. Um, but, to win this fight. I just think all around, I think we've seen a few holes in Vick's game over his um, last couple of fights that he's lost. Obviously, he got knocked out badly to Gaethje as well. I think if you get in the pocket, you land, you, you trade with him. He doesn't really want to know about it. I think Hooker will learn a lot as well about trading and, and standing in the pocket and banging with someone after he, what he did against them. Edson Barbosa. He He'll also have uh, Eugene Berman's full attention because if you remember when Dan Hooker fought, he I wasn't believe, there. He was at a wedding in it, Ireland, didn't he? Yes, and it was also approaching Israel's fight with yeah, Calvin Gaston. That's right. That's right. So I mean, I feel like um, Hooker will will kind of has a, have his undivided attention. Yeah. That mastermind man. I, I think the guy's a genius, uh, Berman. I really do. I, yeah. think, I think he's probably still he's one of the most. I listened to the, the interview with him and Israel. I think it was sat down together and. I think it might be Mark Raimondi when he was with um, MMA fighting at the time, and it was just fascinating to, to sort of listen. Two to. Two complete opposites. Yeah, like, it's just, hard to believe that they're they're you know on yeah, the same team. Yeah, like, so, look, one yeah. is so inverted and one is so extroverted. Like, yeah. it's, and uh, I, you know, I often prefer talking to to coaches than fighters to a certain extent because you learn more about them because they're looking on. That sort of you know they're my little toy to a certain extent in, in terms of like a computer yeah, game. Yeah, often yeah. they're fighters or relate like that. It's very interesting to see. Um, the diverse, um, diverse sort of thought process and b- between the, the the fighter and the coach. Yes, definitely. Alexander Hernandez will look to get back to winning ways against Francisco Trinaldo. That is a Cowboys hard boy's his last loss. Yeah, I think so. That is a hard out for uh, Hernandez, man. We often talk about Trinaldo as one of the most difficult men to fight. Just <laughs> and he'll make it horrible. One. We won't be having a good time. That's if, a weird one for the UFC to make. If Trinaldo's having a good time, nobody at home yeah. who's watching is. That's yeah. basically yeah. the way. To yeah. <laughs> have a look. He's shit house, but what a fighter! What a tough dude. Uh, Trinaldo but man that's a weird one for the UFC to make I think mm. you know Alex Hernandez young guy 21 22 years of age first loss against Cowboy and then they're throwing him in against a guy who just like fucking ruins fights in Francisco Trinaldo yes that's um, not an easy that's not an easy night no it's horrific it's not um, 
You're going to love to hear that. You must and have did something bad to the UFC brass. Andre Arlovsky is going to be fighting. Oh, Jesus. Yes, against Mary Ben Rothwell. Um, that sounds like a Bellator fight, doesn't it? That sounds like a knockout to me, to be honest. It's a Bellator uh, fight. Uh, it really is. A Bellator so, fight. Arlovsky is now four. <laughs> his last four fights, he hasn't got a win. Uh, his last win came against Stefan Struve in March 2018. Since then, he has lost to Toy Ivasa. Shamil Abdurkimov, um, a no contest, of course, against Walt Harris um, and Augusto Sakai in his last fight. Now he's going in against Ben Rothwell. Ben, I, I'm going to favour Ben there. Yeah, I'd favour Ben, definitely. <laughs> um, I think Ben's boxing is better. He's just, he's, he's just. He hasn't got the most of the either, has he? Yeah, he hasn't had the, the damage. But listen, Ben's lost two fights in a row as well. But um, yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a really appealing fight for me in, in, in any sort of stretch of the imagination. I do fancy Ben Rothwell to get the win there, though, definitely. That's um, all the European action on the fight, but there's a few decent ones to have a look out for. Um, just having a look further down the card here. Uh, Ray Borg versus undefeated Gabriel Silva. Um, that's going to be a fight I'm be interested to watch. Um, always like watching Ray Borg fight. He's a very, very good competitor. But um, nothing really jumping out at me uh, on the undercard. Raquel Pennington versus Irene Aldana. Alex Caceres is always fun to watch anyway, regardless of the fight he's in. Caceres, yeah, yeah against Steven Peterson. Um, yeah, so that's all of that. Um, James Vick, Dan Hooker, for the night for me. Easy. I think it's the one, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Who steals all the headlines, though? Probably Greg Hardy, right? No matter what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, he did play for the Cowboys, didn't he? So, it's, you know, it is in Texas. He um, is a bleeding cowboy. Yeah, he is, um, certainly. Um, but, yeah, no, it's an interesting fight card. I think, you know, if, if hopefully, you know, if Leon can... Um, you know, get, go will in it there finally get him the credit he deserves? Like, will people in well, the I UK think, finally be getting behind him? Because well, no, I don't know. I think you know there may Sickens be, my arse, maybe a, a lost cause in the UK at the moment. But I think on maybe a world stage, he won't really give a fuck if he's putting away someone like Desanias if he's not getting any love back home. But listen, if you're beating a guy like Desanias, if he goes out there and does something magical um, and, and beats somebody in the five, um, I think you're you know you, you can't deny the guy anymore. Uh, absolutely fantastic run that he's on, and yeah, I, I think I, I do think he's going to make it eight in a row. But I do think it's going to be a decision. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I I I'd agree with that. To be honest with you, um, right now for our last interview of the day, ever since KSW one hundred six Night of Champions, I've been inundated with people asking me what's going on with Nicholas Dalby. Is Nicholas Dalby medically cleared? Does he think he's going to get on the card? Do you think he's going to get on the card? Well, I've asked them all of it. Um, a beautiful man is Nicholas Dalby. I'm happy to report that his face has healed up. The modelling career has not been put on hold. He will be back gracing magazines soon, but um. Yeah, I just needed to pick his brain about that fight. One of the most amazing, outrageous fights I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was class. At, at Night of Champions. I picked his brain on that. And it seems like he's in a kind of a lock nine situation himself. It seems like there's a lot of options afoot for Nicholas Dalby, mm. which is great news. Yeah. Um, but of course, we all want to see him on that Copenhagen card. I don't know if that's happening yet. I feel like he has something in his back pocket that he isn't quite telling us. But um, great to hear from him. Great to hear from him in great spirits. And uh, great to hear that he has options on the table. And I'm very excited to see what his next move is. We'll be back in about 15. Always a pleasure to speak to Nick. Talk to you then. And now I am joined by a man that you've all been dying to hear from. A man who put on one of the fights of the year, in my opinion, in June at the Hammersmith Apollo. It is Nicholas Dalby, UFC veteran and Cage Warriors title holder at the moment. Nicholas, how are you getting on, my friend? I've been dying to talk to you. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I'm feeling uh, excellent. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, just after the fight, everything besides my face was feeling okay. And now when the face is healed up, everything is perfect. 
That's amazing, man. And that was the real question that a lot of people wanted to know because of the storyline of Cage Warriors Night of Champions was so much about you and, and getting back to that UFC Copenhagen card. And I guess after the fight, everybody was just worried, uh, would you be medically cleared? And I know you told me after I appeared on Ariel Hawani's reporter show, we, we discussed the fight at length on the show, uh, you said yeah. you were medically cleared. Is, is that uh, the situation as you know it at the moment? Well, I haven't been cleared yet, um, but all my injuries are healing up uh, amazingly fast. So I will be able to be uh, medically cleared, you know, on paper. Um, but I'm feeling great already now. I know a lot of people uh, are big fans of that beautiful face of yours. Is it already? Is it okay? Is everything still as it should be? Yeah, I can send you over a picture. Later <laughs> if you want to go, yeah. Besides a small black eye under the black bruise under the, the left eye, everything uh, looks as as it usually does. Right, right. Now I gotta ask. For better or worse? <laughs> For better, I'm sure. Well, no, I don't want to say that. You're already a beautiful man, as we know. But uh, I hope, I hope it hasn't affected the face. Um, it sounds like everything will be brilliant, though. Um, yeah. But I, I got to ask you: Have you watched that fight since? Because um, I thought it was truly amazing. I haven't been able to stop speaking about it since that night. And as I said <laughs> to a lot of people, I saw some of the most hardened men, women in MMA. Uh, who usually don't bat an eyelid, you know, nothing is uh, outrageous for them, but everybody after the fight was wide-eyed going, oh my God, what have we just seen? I mean, what were your feelings if you have watched back the fight? How did you feel when you watched it? Um, well, I have watched it, I watched it back a couple of times, and, and to be honest, I felt I looked a bit sloppy, technically. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I guess when some part of the game plan is to, to really push forward and, and 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 walk your opponent down for the first round, you're gonna run into some stuff and um, and that happened. But but I definitely feel like and know that I can be be better than than I was in that fight. So that was that was what I what I was looking for when I when I watched it. Um, I mean, like when you consider the way you fought after that big cut opened up, I thought it was amazing to see. It was almost like you felt as though I need to get the job done now, and you came out firing. I mean, for the second and third round, you came out like a lion. Um, yeah. Were you proud of the the way you kind of fought through that adversity? Yeah, yeah, and and you're absolutely right. As as soon as I recognized that that cut was, you know, bleeding heavily, I I knew that. There could be a risk of the doctor stopping it. I, I knew it was on the temple, so it wouldn't be like uh, you know um, going an into emergency. Your yeah, yeah. But you, you never know when you get a cut, especially one that's bleeding so much. Um, so yeah, definitely had that that sense of urgency. Um, and, and again, the game plan was to, to kind of try and break Ross, and, and like mentally. Uh, and I think that that, that uh, I succeeded in that. Do you have a lot of respect for Ross after the fight? I mean, there was a lot of pre-fight trash talk, and I saw an incredible scene after the fight where you two guys are laughing and joking in the medical room after such a, a bloody war. It was it was a pretty unbelievable thing to see. Um, I mean, did he earn your respect in that fight? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I felt like he he show he got pushed, and and he, uh, you know, I, I I was winning the fight, but he wasn't backing down. Like it wasn't him who who wanted the fight to end, so absolutely, I, I felt like he uh, 
if for nothing else, going back from this fight, I think he uh, he proved to himself. I think that that he he has what it takes, you know, grit wise. He has that grit. He has that heart to to keep going. As you said there, Nick, um, a lot of people saw you uh, completely taking hold of the fight in the second and third rounds. Um, are you still okay with the outcome? I know uh, I spoke to you on Sunday in London. I spoke to Mark Goddard, and he said he had spoke to you, and you both understood yeah. the situation. Are you still there? Do you, are you still happy enough with Mark was uh, doing best by you guys, stopping the fight at that stage? Well, one thing is is how I feel about the result, and the one thing is how I feel about uh, what Mark did. Okay. I'm absolutely, I have so much respect for Mark, and I totally agree with the decision he had to make. But as he also told me, you know, it, it was a decision he didn't want to make, but he had to. So the result, you know, yeah, had it been able to go the full three rounds, they could have gone to the scorecards. Yes. And I talked to, to some of the, the judges that, that were um, at the event, and they had me winning some of the rounds 10 8. Yes. So, you know, had it just been able to go on for maybe 20 seconds more, I could have gotten a TKO. Had it been able to go on for for two minutes more, I would have uh, have gone. Uh, I would have won the decision. Um, but the realities are as they are, uh, and I nobody can change that. So I just take take pride and, and joy in the fact that everyone who who's been watching the fight at least had me clearly winning it. Mm. So you know that that helps a bit. But yeah, it, it was it was it was. Uh, it was a weird outcome. Like, I, I of all the things I, I visualized and, and tried to picture for the fight, this wasn't one of them. <laughs> it's uh, it's funny. I spoke to Mark um, afterwards on, on on Saturday night, and then I spoke to him again at length on Monday. And he said, uh, you know, up until this point, that vinyl surface has never cost cage warriors a big moment even though the 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 fight ended up being a huge moment and talked about all around the world um, and the vinyl surface did cost them uh the completion of that fight should we say uh the fight being fought in its entirety do you believe after that happening cage warriors have to have a look at this and change it if they can at least well there's arguments for both right because how long have Kate Shaw has been putting on shows? Yes. Uh, 20, 20 years, something like that. Mm. 17. And this, is the first, and this is the first time that they had the problem. So you could say, okay, if they can go 17 more years without having this problem again, <laughs> then it might not be, uh, you know, it, it might be okay. But on the contrary, you could say that if, if this might, you know, make them switch to, to a, a canvas uh, instead. Um, I don't know. You know, there's pros and cons. Um, whatever they do, I I I, I trust they do. Uh, uh, you know, well thought of, uh, thought out decision. But 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 I think in a way, if we were talking about the the fight result again, in a way, I think having the fight stopped due to too much blood might have created the bigger headlines than you know. <laughs> Yes. You know, if you look at it in the Spectacular. Picture, yeah, it was spectacular. Exactly, you know? right? You know, this fight has been mentioned around the world because of the way it ended. And it might not have gotten the same attention if, it, you know, if the fight was stopped after the third round and we went into the judges' scorecards, you know. Wouldn't have created the same uh, amount of, uh, yeah, of attention. So, you know, in a, in a way, I'm, I'm happy. 
Well, that is one hell of a balanced view, I'll tell you that much, Nicholas. A lot of fighters in your position maybe wouldn't be uh, so understanding, but I, I credit you for that. Um, I had Gunnar Nelson on the show last week, and Gunnar Nelson was the first fight announced for the UFC Copenhagen card. And he said um, at will that he believes that Nicholas Dalby deserves to be on that card after the war you put on with Houston uh, because of your affinity with the Copenhagen fans, because of it being the first Copenhagen card. He believes that you are the perfect candidate. He believes you absolutely should be on. And he is joining a long list of people long list of big names in the sport that have come out and have um, have praised you and tried to get you on that card, use their voice to get you on that card. You recently yeah. tweeted that you got some good news, and I know you probably can't get into that, but do you believe that, given everything that's happened here, do you believe that fans will be happy when they find out this news? Uh, did I tweet that? I think I just tweeted that the future looks bright. But sorry, whatever. sorry, that's okay. Okay, that's what you said. My <laughs> my fault. My fault. The future is bright. Is this yeah. future? Is this concerning your career? Mm, that's just in general. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's as much as I can comment. Um, no, I can't really go into details about you know what's what's coming up next. Uh, there's a lot of things that needs to be finalized and, and, and thought out and, and you know there was a call for a rematch against Ross. Yes. You know, there's there's several several things that can play out still. And I'm just uh yeah, my daughter's a bit upset, sorry about that. <laughs> no problem. She's, she's beautiful by she, the way. Oh my god, what what a beautiful I daughter. She, I got to meet her in uh, London. She's she's a bit hangry right now. Hungry and angry. <laughs> There's no problem. Um, I get like that myself sometimes, Nicholas. There's no problem there yeah. on my end. But um, are so, you are you happy so, with your situation at the moment? Well, you know, nothing has been finalized yet, and and you know, there's there's still several ways my future could lead to. But mm. but again, as you as you could probably sense from the way I look at the result of the fight, you know, in, in the bigger picture, I've, I've gained from this fight. I feel so. So no matter what happens. Weeks or months, everything is gonna be good. Everything's gonna be okay. I have the best crew supporting me around me. So, um, so yeah, there's some things lining up I can't talk about. But uh, you know, let's let's just say it was a rematch against Ross. Nobody would be complaining about that, right? Nobody um, would be complaining about that. Yeah, but but not saying that's what's gonna happen. But you know, that, that's probably the the worst. That could happen if, if if that might not be using the right word or terms, but you know what I mean. Yes. Um. So everything's gonna be okay. I'm, you know, everything good comes to to whoever, you know, keeps going at it. So, and I'm, and I'm, if anything, I think I've shown I'm pretty persistent. So. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'll, I'll just wait it out and see what comes. Everything's gonna be good. It sounds like there are several options at play here, uh, Nicholas. Um, and I guess all I would ask um, is, of all these options, do you believe that Copenhagen is still an option, is still on the table, is still a, potentially something that could happen? I know, as you've said, there is a number of things that could happen here. But would you say yeah. that's still a possibility? Well, I can say that it's not, not an option. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not, not an option if that... <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's, you know I, I, I haven't had no so 
And is uh, is is that still your preference? I mean, out of everything that's going on at the moment, it sounds like there is a lot of things happening. Would that still be the best possible outcome for you? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, sorry about the language. But I love yeah. it. No, fuck yeah. Fighting in Copenhagen for the biggest show in my sport. You know, of course, that's what I'm aiming for. That would be incredible. I feel like uh, the fans have been very uh, outspoken about them wanting me to to do it. So I hope that happens. What's that been like uh, watching the fans, watching your fellow fighters come out in support of you? Um, it must be uh, a great feeling after putting everything out there, as we spoke about, leaving it all in there, to see the fans get behind you and see the, the fighters giving you the credit that you deserve. I mean, I know you've been yeah. here several times, but I mean... Does it still feel as good as the first time when you see so many people getting behind you and saying, we want to see Nicholas on that card? Absolutely. You know, having having the fan support is incredible, but also having the support of, of fellow fighters, colleagues, mm. means the world to me. And, and having Gunnar come out on the podcast and say that he feels I should be on the card, you know, that that's a big uh, pat on my shoulder, I feel, because he's a guy who's been in the sport for a long time and he doesn't, you know, say that about everyone. You, you know, absolutely he's not. Pretty, no, yeah, he's not. He's he's not the most outspoken no. guy. So, so for him to to come out and say that, I, I really uh, appreciate that. Um, and and I want to thank him for that. And all the other fighters that have, has you know felt I should be on. Um, it's incredible to to hear and and feel their support. Well, Nicholas, I am so happy I got to speak to you today. I'm so happy uh, that you're happy that the the face is uh, still in beautiful condition. And I'm happy that you have a lot of options on the table. I'm sure all of the the people who listen to this podcast will be absolutely delighted for you and delighted to hear that news. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. And thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. You're such a good journalist. So always a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it's guys like you talking to me that uh, allows me to be in this position. So I, I, I reciprocate that and I thank you again. Um, it's been a pleasure to watch this journey unfold. And I really hope that we all get the outcome that we want. Yeah. And, uh, and once again, I would just want to give a shout out to all the fans and all the fighters that, that have come out to support me and, and watch all my fights and, and just... All the fans are following the sport in general, you know. All of us fighters, we, we depend on the fans. So, uh, so from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone who's uh, supporting me directly and indirectly. Nicholas, thank you so much. And enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Always a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you. Likewise. Bye-bye, my friend. And that tops off our interviews for this week. Big thank you to Nicholas Dalby. And thank you, of course, to Miles Price and Jermaine Durandamy, who joined us earlier in the show. Um. Yes, so uh, just to wrap it up, uh, Noel, are you aware that it is the five-year anniversary of UFC Dublin on Friday? I am aware. That's amazing, isn't it? It's crazy. It's just five years ago, man. Yeah, the time has gone like that. And obviously, you know, the other day we had the uh, UFC 189. Yeah, um, anniversaries. Anniversary. It's going to well. be rich with anniversaries over the next uh, few years because it's going to be the five-year anniversary of that. Yeah, we're just going to be like everything because we've no fighters yeah. left in the UFC anymore. I think Bart. after the five-year anniversary of uh, Alvarez v McGregor, I'm pretty much done in the industry. <laughs> Nothing else oh, yeah, to worry about. Geez, if, if, I make, if, if I make it that far. Yeah. But, uh, no, but it was actually a launch pad for all of us. The more I think about it, like it was a whole... It wasn't just about uh, McGregor. McGregor even made it about the Irish fighters that night. And we, in turn, with that journey 
that we all went on then we actually got onto the world scene you know we were brought into these international landscapes and media so i mean it's a it's a turning point for the whole scene as far as i think i think so and i think you know a lot of us here you probably included we sort of you just had that feeling with Connor that he was going to do something special. There was always that ink link, and I think a lot of the and that was a night it confirmed. Like I mean, we knew his his knee was in a bad yeah. way still, and he went in and did that. And then really, it was off to the races after that. Poirier, Seaver, and then onto a world title fight. Obviously, yeah, it was it was a special moment um, for the sport for everyone in it. And I think you know the people who stuck with it. We, we've seen some rewards. Um, obviously, we like more probably in this country. There's still been an awful. Um, just an awful snobbery, I feel, towards um, the sport on a lot of... Yeah, and it's weird when you think about that. The day after that, it was like the, the toast of the town, wasn't it? Like, it, it, Apart from Ray Darcy having called Pendrick on the, and yeah, calling Tom him Connor, Connor. repeatedly. And all of us losing our minds at yeah. home. Um, there still is that um, snobbery. Um, yeah, uh, I probably shouldn't get it. No, I won't get, listen, yeah, there is, but um, it's very frustrating trying to cover the sport in this country when you know a lot of the mainstream don't take it seriously. The shit in it, um, and that's been the for a country like Ireland. It's I think it's so hypocritical as well in so many ways, so many facets um, to do that. And listen, well, this um, conversation has turned into something else. It has, it has, <laughs> and uh, you know that, that's the frustrating thing. But on a world stage, I think we've been you know a lot more respected um, in terms of what we've done um, in this country. And yeah, listen, it has. It's it's, it's changed changed our lives. It, it did really because. It was such a pivotal event. It was such a special event. And, um, it'll never be done again. It'll never right. be done again. I don't think we'll ever have that feeling again, I think, either. I think, you know, it was, as, as you often refer to, it was the Italian 90, that sort of period. And it yeah. did. It felt like that. It, you know, every fight was just, ah, it was an Irish person in the UFC. This is, a, this is a big, big deal for us. And it was at the time. And I think now, at the moment, um, you know, with the lack of shows, the sport in the country as well, it's, there's, there's a little bit of... Um, a little bit of a downturn from where it was but mm. hopefully that will change and I think you know we're going to soldier on I know we will and and uh, I know the fighters will because there's so much talent in this great little island but yeah five years good, it's been a fun journey PT so um, yeah that's what was it. your favourite event my favourite event I've ever covered Pro- 99 what has to be 199 now oh well in terms of the Irish support some guy was trying to tell me that there was more Irish people at Mayweather than there was at that the other day was he on acid um, he was like, oh, just take it for me. I was there, mate. And I was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> Sound. I was sitting in the fucking arena, you dope. There wasn't. <laughs> Fuck me. There was like about 12. He must have been locked. <laughs> there was about 12 empty. Loads ro- of plastic patties, though. Like, tw- that's the one thing yeah, people don't realize. Yeah, There's yeah, lots yeah. of people dressed up as Irish people for the day at these events. And Definitely. The one time, like, there was that period of Mendez, Aldo in particular, and then the first Diaz fight probably that it felt... It was even simmering off yeah. there towards the first DS fight, but Aldo and Mendez for me were Aldo the golden era of, of people traveling, like you know. Uh, the, sorry, the, the Mendez fight was unreal, yeah, yeah. That was someone that always sticks out for me, and I think New York was special as well. First I love that. New York, I it was love amazing. That. And um, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of um pivotal moments, but the, the, the Alvarez is my favorite event to cover, I think so, yeah, because it was New York and you're away from Vegas, and the, we got into some seedy shit in our time off, yeah, we did, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> and Elaine was there, and uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, we a, ooh, had a bit of a wander of the streets one night, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah we uh, all did. We it was all did. it was good. It was good. New York's a special place in my heart, and I love it. I think we might be banned, but we'll give it a go someday. Yeah, I was back there for Brooklyn, so I got back in. Yeah, it'd be grand. But listen, anytime I go to an event these days, shit happens, and hopefully that continues to be yeah. the case. Um, <laughs> I believe there was some type of garrison game being played over the weekend that all the Southside were very excited about. Oh, the cricket. Cri- what is nah, that sport? It was, it was England. They won it. 
So, Listen, not man, I, I tuned in for five for about an hour. Won, an Irish mum's captain. So Ireland won the yeah. yeah. What what was the the trophy? The World Cup. So Ireland yeah. won the cricket World Cup. Well, an Irish mum won the cricket wow. World Cup. Wow! Yeah, well, congratulations to Ireland on the big result, man. That is unbelievable <laughs> that we did that. We don't even play cricket over here, apart from in the North County Dublin, I believe. We do. We've uh, we've uh, we've a test <laughs> test squad now. We Fucking have a World hell. Cup winning squad now. Yeah. I think you'll find. There you go. Congratulations, Ireland. And um, Wimbledon final. Did you watch that? I didn't. I watched that. I watched cricket instead. Well, I watched I watched the last set, the one that went on forever. Yeah. Well, then I watched the second half of the last set. I didn't even watch all the cricket. I watched the last hour. Like, I'm not going to fucking lie. Come on, Ireland. And but, say uh, here. Yeah, Wimbledon was pretty good There's as well. A lot of sport on. The British Open's on in Port Rush in Ireland this week. Oh, man, I was trying to get me dad tickets for that for his birthday. And it was like ask me? 300 quid. And I was like, what the f- Fuck's sake. Could, I got, could you have got yeah, tickets? Yeah, I could have if you could oh. ask me. Fuck's sake. Can There's you get me tickets though? It's a bit late now. We're going to start on fucking Thursday. <laughs> but no, I can't wait for that, man. It's going to be great crack. I'll give You've you a few, a good, a few bets off You're air. good. You're a great uh, tipster. golf tipster. Yeah, I mean, You really are. That's no bullshit. Good. You often text me the day of an event and go, do this, and then two days later, the guy wins yeah. the whole thing. So, uh, yeah, I'll have them on to you tomorrow. Good man. I'll send them on to me dad because I don't even know who those people are. Just one more thing. Uh, Brave24, do you see this talk of John Kavanaugh wants Amir Khan to yeah, what, what, Can I just ask you a question? What is the story with the emails we're getting from the... No ba- idea, we're getting a lot of they're, emails. They're basically like... It's it's fucking weird is all I can say, right? They're basically emails... It's definitely questionable. ...teasing fights that us... But sorry, we're fucking media. We we don't... like. Do we not fucking do that shit? No. The PR team, it's awful weird, lads. It's it's it's, it's very strange. It's different. The and it's dis- invite only? Like, what yeah, is that? That's like... If you're emailing us now, you must be inviting us. Like you're stupid if you don't. But I, I, I don't can't help go. but think that the brave, <laughs> the brave event um, in Northern Ireland, there was such a lack of people there, and a lot of the tickets were comped. I'm kind of thinking, are doing invite only, so they don't have to explain why there's nobody in the crowd. Yeah, I think it was the same. I think that was the same. Was that 2018? Yeah, that I think was. So. I think it was the same weekend as poor as. Uh, it was the night Darren Till got announced to fight um, Tyron Woodley because I interviewed Darren. All oh, right, yeah, I don't know where it was. I don't know where it was. Yeah, I have no idea. Oh, it was in the summer it. anyway. Yeah, 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 okay. It was in Belfast or what? But, um, yeah, no, it's weird. And but can I just ask you about the main piece of news that's yeah, coming out sorry. at the moment? John Kavanaugh wants Amir Khan to fight Artem Lobov in a boxing match. Should John not be more concerned about what's going on in MMA circles? <laughs> I don't know. But what I think he should. It's That's annoying. Um, that's a wild one, isn't it? It is wild. And, um, yeah, just listen. I don't know what's going on here at the moment, but yeah, that that's a very sort of, you know, why do we want to be seeing that shit? You know, I'm sick. Of, no, honestly, I'm sick of that fucking garbage. These stupid fucking fights where, like, people just don't give a shit. Like, they really, I'm sick of this shit. Like, just listen, you're going to be a mixed martial artist. You're going to be a boxer. You're going to be a bare knuckle boxer. Let's just get some fucking segregation between these different sports and compete and feckin' one of them, not 10 of them. And Jesus. Tease and everything It's punishing It really is punishing So no interest in America No interest in What so fucking ever I'd probably watch it No I don't know if it's a great idea But I'd probably watch it I'm going to Listen Mayweather and McGregor Killed all that for everyone But Artem B. Polly Okay Just go on Move on <laughs> Jesus but, um, Christ Yeah that's pretty much all. Are you still watching Love Island Now that your Your missus has been Kicked off Or did you just I am like Why is no one pushed for him I'm going on a I'm going on a fucking wedding This weekend And no one has, has No one has put out A fucking tweet Saying Tagging your one Lucy Donnellan Saying Niall wants you To come to this wedding And she can come to the fucking wedding Look at that Look Get how generous viral, he is For fuck's sake it's, it's very a b- easy, Beautiful guys. spot as well, Virginia Lodges in Cavan. Lovely, lovely out spot. Virginia Lodges in Cavan. Imagine how, imagine how cool that would be. 
You and Lucy? Yeah, imagine that. Well, it'd be huge for her. I don't know. If oh yeah, care. well, massive. I don't for think you like, mind. Like, the, I wouldn't like, mind at all. Buy her point it's again. Funny. I should be happy. That's it. That's it. A man who knows how to treat a lady. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but no, it's uh, no. I'm still watching. Good, good. Who's gonna win? <clears throat> it's getting shit now. Was it always not shit? Yeah. So it's just getting really getting shitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now there's a bit of drama happening at the moment, but look, ah, look, listen, it is what it is. Well, like that's right now, saying. are you missing Love Island to record this right now? I always record it. Oh, good, good. I know. I hate you see, but that's what I do with series. I always record them, so I don't fucking have to watch stupid ads. I just flick through the ads. That's look. It's ingenious. He's aggressive. He's an aggressive with his remote control work. Bar UFC. He's aggressive with his opinions, and he's aggressive with his love making. Uh, thank Jesus you so much, Christ, everybody, for that. tuning in again. It's episode Sick forty-four. Freak. We're coming up on the big... What, how many weeks in a year? 56, is it? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I think it's 56. I could be wrong. But that will be a year's worth of Eurobash. And when? You, what's the date? The exact date? I don't have a It clue. was summertime, I know, because I remember it was very hot. Oh, when yeah. we were doing with Siri, we, I was eating ice cream the first night. It was uh, like probably a September, though. Loop was it loop. September? No, no, it was, August. it was either very hot September or it was August. Yeah. But it was good, though. It was good. Um, I was speaking to uh, Siri recently. He's still a fantastic. He's actually a, he's getting involved in marathon runs now. Is he? Yeah. So there is you he go. Still playing football. I no. I think he met a guy at the the Aaron's Oil Football Club who was yeah. this guy who hops from country to country doing marathon runs, and that's what Siri's getting. Into Imagine now. playing Siri in football. Holy Imagine playing God. Siri in anything. He'd be there like pulling oh, your arm, stabbing you, and, oh, kicking you, and doing the old. We used to call it what was the the old fucking Achilles. Scratch oh, yeah, with yeah. the boot. That was a oh, real. I got a horrendous injury one. from that. Actually, I have a scar on me. Achilles from Do it. Do you? Yeah, but um, yeah, that's all we have for this week, um, and we'll be back next week. So everybody, relax until then, and we'll have you sorted then. I'll be extremely hungover. I reckon I'll have a two-day hangover next week. Next it's Monday. actually my birthday uh, this week on Wednesday. What so, thirty-two. Era. Thirty-two. Fuck you, can Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like I mean, imagine when you're you're thirty-two. Like that's four yeah. years now. Four years time. But next year, next year you're thirty two. Yeah. I thought it was four years. No, 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 no. Not next year. I, th- I didn't even think you were thirty. No, I was thirty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing that anti aging moisturizer. Yeah. My mate's getting married. The poor bastard. I keep telling him, keep texting him, going, "Don't do it." There's always time to pull out. Look at the other lads. They're all pissed off their lives Jesus. once they got married. Don't do it, Paul. Don't do it. Don't do it, Paul. But well, may- well, maybe get it an old after the wedding. Does she have a lot of money though? He's a lot of fucking money. Well, then he wants to be very careful and get that prenup sorted. But um, that's all we have. We better end this. Um, it's getting late. And, uh, it is late. I have sleeping to do. And there goes the sirens in South Dublin. Oh, they're coming from. Somebody must have spilled milk outside the shop or something. <laughs> but um, right, that's the end of it. We love his loads.